0: Welcome to the 11th anniversary show for One Nation Radio. My name is Richard Ladd of the Second. I'm here with James. Um, we've been off for two weeks here. Um, some of you guys may know, some of you guys may not. A lot of people, um, have reached out to me. I announced uh, on Twitter, uh, September 10th, my father passed away, um, at the age of 65. Uh, it was a sudden thing. Um, it was a, um, you know, nothing I was prepared for. He wasn't sick. Um, it was just, you know, something that you just never think is coming. Um, James, you got to meet my dad one time. Um, and you know, this is, you know, been really a difficult, a uh, few weeks for me, um, had to, Go to to his house, which is like just one of the hardest things I've ever done. I did get to see him um, before we, we cremated him. Um, we still have like memorial stuff uh, to come, so I'll be getting on another plane again eventually. Um, but I, I just want to say a, a few things about my dad and uh, just you know s- stuff I've written down. And uh, bear with me as, as I get through this. I'm going to try to. Uh, Not get all choked up, but forgive me if I do. So here's some words about my father, uh, Richard Latta. (sighs) So my name is Richard Latta II. All my life, I've insisted that people address me as such um, because it's the way that I was named by my parents, uh, Janet Rivera and the Richard Latta. I was not a junior. I was the second, the second version of Richard Latta to come into this world. Richard Ladder was a lot of things and an original was one of them. He was one of the smoothest brothers that ever walked the planet. He had a view of the world and a level of magnetic charisma that could set anyone at ease. Uh, He was a mountain of wisdom, even as he's dealt with struggles in his life. I can't speak for anyone else, even my other siblings, Uh, but he always showed me his best. And he stressed to me that he saved his best for last, which was what he said to me. I spent so much of my life trying to um, impress him and live up to that lofty distinction. I didn't think I was superior to any of my siblings, but it was almost an unspoken thing uh, because the words he did use and his actions. He was trying to tell me that we were different than other people. We were this secret club, him and I. Um, We operated with decency, knowledge, and a sense of self. Maybe I was so doe eyed for my father um, that his charm worked on me where it failed on others. Whether it was good and good grades, answering questions in front of him, uh, you know, from Jeopardy at an age that would be at a way younger age than would be expected, or reading the biggest books and articles I could find out loud to him from the age of four and beyond um, karate, basketball. Later, when I began rapping, I was determined to pay off his self belief or pay off his belief. Um, For the people that that do know him, they know that he had a lifelong detest of rap music. Um, I'm proud to let everyone know that's listening to this, that not only did I convert him into eventually liking and understanding hip hop, but he turned out to be one of my biggest fans. Uh, He would randomly write me that he had done a binge of my YouTube channel, and he was so impressed with my self-taught musicianship and music. I had done nothing but simply be born. And he treated me like I was Simba from the Lion King, as far as my memories go back. You know, he was born March 7th, 1958. He was the youngest child of Robert Latta, June Wright. Um, According to my Aunt Dawn, he was a child that always needed a little more, whether that was love, attention or guidance graduated from uh, William Munton Academy. Um, I once looked through his yearbook. and was shocked to see uh, the number 35 on the basketball team with an enormous afro. One, he never told me he played for the team. And two, all that damn hair that he had, Uh, considering that most of my life I razzed him about losing his hair and told him it would never happen to me. I thought it was the coolest thing uh, at a young age that my dad was a police officer. Uh, I can imagine that it wasn't glamorous. Um, He had times he worked undercover and he worked in the narcotics division and kept ungodly hours. Um, I thank his partners for helping him return to our family safely in those early years. He wasn't just a cop. uh, He was the cop. Uh, as humbly as I can say. Uh, He received several awards for um, a recognition for international drug cases that he reeled in. And I think I'll recognize the phrase, the Commonwealth versus Blake until the end of my days. He was someone that was connected with everyone somewhere, somehow. He brought me to the Springfield Civic Center in Massachusetts countless times through back doors, to watch the sport I fell in love with as a child, professional wrestling for free by simply nodding his head at whoever was in charge of the doors. I thought that was the coolest thing. When I got older, um, I had many talks with him and he was very proud of some of the cases that he brought in. And I explored my own thoughts on policing with him and was happy to say that he shared many of my feelings on the role of police supported and understood the black lives matter movement. He was a cop, but he was a black man first. Um, he was married twice, once to my mom uh, and once to my sister, Jasmine's mom, Yolanda. He also birthed other sons, my older brothers, Taryn and Derek, with Delania and Kim, respectively. Without dressing it up, he was a Rolling Stone. Uh, I met many of my dad's girlfriends over the years. He told me stories about every woman in his life uh, before I got married, which I'll hold close to the vest. Um, Special rest in peace uh, goes out to Darlene for being the love of my dad's later life. He never quite got over losing her in 2014, much in the way he never got over his marriage to my mom, which changed all of our lives in numerous ways. His friends, uh, Gregory, Donald, Stephen, and of course, my uncle Sterling uh, became my uncles. Uh, I respected them all for being successful black men coming up in the age they did. They were men in their times, and they're men today. Um, They had the type of friendship that I would recreate in my life with my aces, James, Josh, Jeremy, Alex, and Andre. I hung around them all together, Father's Day weekend in 2016, and I felt like I was getting a glimpse into my own future. Um, My father had a lot of personal struggles that he faced. For as much as he held his professional life together until he no longer could, He functioned for many years while battling demons that that arose out of loss, depression, anxiety, and like most people, not knowing how to deal with changing circumstances. I spent three days with him um, prior to my wedding, which functioned as the last major time I spent with him in 2020. Over those days, um, he was not only preparing me for my wedding by purchasing all the champagne I needed and But he dressed me, fed me, slept on my couch watching the show Girlfriends uh, that he loved uh, and counseled me and hung out amongst my friends as one of the fellas and even became my wedding photographer in a pinch. Um, He took up photography in the last 10 or so years of his life, and he was always excited to share his photos uh, on his Facebook page. Uh, He treated me like a grown man, but deep down, he always let me know that I was his little boy. I I used to sleep on his chest and he never let me forget it. Um, I have a ring right now uh, from him. That was his it's downstairs, um, but he purchased two of them for him and I, even though it wasn't my style. Um, I thanked him for the thought. Uh, I'm going to keep both of them uh, now in his honor. Um, he wasn't always around and he missed many important moments of my life. However, you know, He was never able to teach me how to fight. Um, Instead, I had to learn from my friends and stepbrothers. Um, I got upset at him not making my graduation, uh, but I always uplifted him. Uh, I always loved the bond that we had to where time could pass and we just picked up. Um, I had no interest in really holding him accountable because uh, I thought that he was just making the best decisions with the circumstances that he had. I wish I could have had more of his guidance. Uh, I wish I could have spoken to him more. Uh, I last talked to him about three weeks before he died. And um, I I used to do the video chats with them. And I took a lot of screenshots uh, always uh, just, you know, just cause or whatever. And I'm glad I took those and, uh, you know, I can go all day, but uh, I think I said enough um, until we meet again, rest in peace. My father, um, Richard Latta, I'm the second. He's the first.
1: That was great, man. Um, as you mentioned I met him, um, you know, your bachelor party and like, you know, the days going into your wedding and, um, like it was interesting meeting him for the first time and to see, you know, <laughs> finally meet him and then to see like, okay, I see where, I see where Rich gets some stuff from. Right. <laughs> uh, it was also interesting to see that like, um, he, he, he. It was. I thought it was funny how like easily and how easy he could get familiar and comfortable with people. So um, yeah, he was um, he was fun and he was very charismatic as you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I was glad I was finally able to meet him. Um, and then, yeah, you know, uh, I always know you I always knew that you had a complicated relationship with your dad. Um, and you know, it's probably the reason why me and you bonded is it, like it, it's complicated as being abandoned when you're two, right? Uh, so. Um, being able to meet him and to see that like uh and to see more where you came from I I really enjoyed that and like he was he was a blast to be around for the time that we had and um like your bachelor party was fun and you know there's stuff that I'll say uh that I won't say that uh, I told you about as far as like around around uh the time you getting uh married and involved with your dad it was just outright out outlandish but like like I said like he got comfortable quick and um I'll always remember that in uh recipes to Richard Derek Lauda the first love so, you dad Um, I guess we'll take a break or whatever else on the podcast and we'll start Um, we'll start back up again like I don't know if you want to play something or whatever else but I'll press pause on the recording and everything yeah and we'll
0: come back. give me a second I'm gonna I'm go get uh, some water real quick
1: okay yeah yep this
0: is Jordan Grace and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network
1: Back. Um, we are going to talk about eleven years of One Nation Radio. Um, obviously because of um Rich's dad passing, it was like technically two weeks ago, but who gives a shit? Like, we'll treat like a rest promotion. We run it whenever we run it. It doesn't have to be the exact day. So um (laughs) yeah, man. Um last year we did a big a big thing about we had people send in their um listener submissions as far as people that have been listening from, you know, from the very beginning to recently to somewhere in between, and um, it was very touching to see people um, went out of their way in their busy days and busy lives to uh, you know hit us up and, sit and you know and, and do the whole thing and like you know they may have botched something or whatever else may have re- re-recorded whatever else because you know how the recording game goes when you pre-tape something, so just run it live. So um, appreciate everybody that, sh- that turned this stuff uh, last year. We didn't do it this year. I think we saved it for the big round number. But, um, yeah. yeah, man, um, still full the love, still feel, um, happy to like build this thing every single year, more and more. Um, I think, you know, I think in the last year and change about two years when we went to streaming, whatever else so I feel like, um, we've grown and, um, I feel like, uh, you in particular, like. All this stuff is more of your hard work and your, your doing of like putting up the stream. You know, you're the one that runs the social media accounts. I just more or less, I edit the show and throw it up. Uh, but most of it is like, you know, me and Rich talk a little bit. Rich is the one that comes up with the game plan for what we're going to talk about that particular week. Like most of this shit is Rich's creation. So, um, just a shout out to Rich and uh, appreciate everything he does. And like, you know, it was funny how we started because it was always like, you know, we more or less talk. used to talk all the guy, like every other day for like hours. Like we were more or less prepping ourselves to, to the shows that became One issue Radio. So, um, you know, as our lives have, uh, have grown on or whatever else in the different stuff, like you now live in Georgia, you're a whole state away. Um, yeah. uh, what was I wasn't going to say, like, uh, there was a joke. Oh, I saw Jeezy. Uh, was performing, uh, I think after scores at Falcons games, I was like, "Is Rich gonna stir up the Falcons games now to see the local X, To see if Ti is gonna show us start performing at games? If Ludacris is gonna start performing at games?" But um, yeah, man, Maybe. like, uh, it's it's cool to come every Monday uh, to the show and, and and know that like I get to talk to my dog, you know, for however many hours or whatever else, and and like this is the kind of way we keep in touch and whatever. We, obviously, we're messaging throughout the day about whatever nonsense is going on on social media or throughout the, the world of music or sports or whatever or real life. But um like this is like a a, a one of my more fun pastimes ever had. Um as a routine. Like this like I gotta say, like once you get out of watching football and like you're watching like how long it takes for for games to like for plays between plays or whatever so you're looking down at your phone, look back up, look down, and it's like, oh half time for college football is twenty minutes long. Like you get to appreciate like this half or this particular uh pastime talking to my friend is is more uh, for me stimulating than like watching a football game that I'm not necessarily emotionally invested in now. So like at at this stage in the game. So um, yeah, like Mondays, like it's always, I'm always looking forward to Mondays.
0: Hell yeah, man. Um, I I appreciate the kind words on, on all that, but I definitely could not do this show solo without James. I've done it solo and we've both done it. And and, and I'm saying it's it wouldn't be impossible to do, right? But it wouldn't be nearly as fun. It wouldn't be uh, as challenging uh, when you're just talking to yourself and there's no one here to to be like, "Hey, man, what you mean by that?" Or like, you know, or like just uh, you know make some jokes about it or or anything like that. Um, When we started One Nation Radio, it was the definition. Of humble beginnings um podcasting was essentially the wild west still this is 2012 not everyone had podcasts only people that have podcasts were like chris jericho stone cold steve austin and bill simmons like (laughs) and like some some other people but it is um you know like from the beginning i was like yo we can say something like there's something that i think we have that would be entertaining funny thoughtful and it would be fun to do um we talked last year about you know just kind of it felt like such a big milestone it was like 10 years i can't believe we we did 10 years and now that we're on the other side of that it's like how long does this does this thing go on i'm like shit forever like (laughs) like like like, i don't see no no reason to 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 just stop doing one nation radio or anything like it's um you know like it's a lot of skin in the game and it is um realizing like there's still like so much to do like because we like have you know we're, we're our own platform so like we're not we're not as fortunate right now to have like You know, a built in huge site. Like, we're like a, this is an independent rap label. This is, this is Master P. This is freaking cash money. Like, before the fucking Universal deal, this Mm -hmm. is like Rockefeller on priority. Like, this is, this is like y'all hearing the real, like, we don't have to cut shit aside from like, you know, some, some stuff I may have relationships with people in wrestling that I'm protecting or something like that. But, As far as like, you're always going to hear kind of what we think. Um, yeah, no limit records. Like this, yeah, that's, that's what this is. This is, this is indie. This is from the muck. Um, but you know, and and the production has grown over time. Like we've, we've, uh, become like we, we were experimenting with the live format back on Facebook, uh, years ago. And it it wasn't like all the way fully developed or anything like that. But do we ever talk about how, How nigger rigged this
1: stuff was at bro, the beginning,
0: <laughs> bro. I didn't know how to how to get the audio from James to to like play like like whoever had the microphone right. Like I think James was able to figure it out because he had a, a PC longer than than I did. I was dealing with a Mac and the Mac didn't have like all the um like as far as like just the easiness of like desktop audio recording. Which yeah. those of you guys that have done podcasts, you guys know what I'm talking about. So I would be playing James's audio out the um microphone speaker. It would be coming over the speaker while I my mic is like face. I'm gonna show you guys the mic that I had. And it's a mic that's pretty famous that now that everyone fucking had, right? But this is how we had to do it. Give me one second.
1: All right, I'll fill. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, it was, it was pretty wild stuff we were doing. Like it, like he'll show you as an example, but like, man, um, like there's no way we could have done video at the time, but like if we had done video, it would have been really like, it would have been really embarrassing, uh, to see. Like the stuff that we were pulling, so go ahead, go ahead, Rich, because it was okay. a, it was a height of low tech. Like it was it was beyond like the whole like record your, your 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 track like in the shower. It was beyond that, right? So go ahead.
0: So for those of you that are on the audio, you guys are going to have to log in and see what I'm talking about, like on <laughs> YouTube. This is a Blue Yeti microphone, right?
1: <laughs> rich, Rich, because I can never see my mic, right? I'm still using a fucking Blue Yeti microphone. That's fine.
0: That's
2: fine for one person.
0: That's fine for one person, right? Right. So, like, but what I was doing was saying, yo, I have no way to record both sides right now, right? right.
1: So, what I had to
0: do was yep. set
1: the option. Turn they into have, a bi directional mic, a bi directional mic. They have
0: these little settings right here that you guys can see. I would have to put it on the zero, right? Yeah. So, what that would do. Omni would have this side of the mic and that side of the mic. So I would pull up the uh the uh the speaker on this side of the mic. I had to hope the speaker wasn't causing feedback. Right. I had to hope the internet connection like would would would, would not like fuck us up to where right. there was a delay. Man, this stuff we were in the mud, literally just fighting through it, just fighting through it. Don't care. You still getting the audio. Like <laughs> like we didn't give a fuck man and that's like the the spirit of of this show like we don't give a fuck we are going to find a way like to deliver the passion the takes all that shit and and it's like yeah man it's it's been really cool to um to further develop uh more reliable ways of of doing our shows of, of when you know I started realizing oh shit I've got this this interface and I've bought so many different um appliances that I figured out how to eventually get James's audio on both sides on my Mac I, I eventually figured it out and I was like man I'm gonna just do some more research I, I think video would be pretty cool like how am I how am I gonna figure it out and then once I got the PC um which uh James's brother uh helped build for me it was like oh I think, I think it would be cool to stream. How do I do this? Put a lot of research into that, and was just like, you know, hope James is on board, and he was. So it was just like, I think, <laughs> like I think it was like, you know, a really cool, uh, you know, like the, the evolution is real. Um, yeah. you know, people talk about evolution with Triple H and all that. Nah, man, this is like this started like it was rough. Go go back and listen to to some of them old episodes that are those, those old ones. They are on. Um, the one nation or excuse me, the social suplex fee all the way at the beginning. And we were playing people's music during the shows. Yeah. It was a lot like we were we were just trying to figure it out, doing the best we could. And, um, fortunately, you know, we we, we grew in to be, um, I, I'd say we're decent. So, yeah. um, you know, like so, someone in the chat called us the Jesus and Marrow of wrestling podcasting. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious uh for a, a bunch of different reasons but
1: yeah dark skin light skin yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but um the yeah, ecw man. days of onr yeah it, it, it was it was yeah. very grimy yes yeah.
0: no no respect like it was um you know and then like the whole thing with uh linking up with jeremy was, was really cool yeah and um uh, just I was talking to him probably about two or three days ago and you know I just kind of you know like he had called on me just to you know check on me and all that and I was like yeah man like how fucking crazy is it that we were just on Twitter shooting the shit talking about Monday Night Raw and now we've been friends for like a decade and you know we got this podcast network together and you live 20 minutes from me so like we were able to meet in person and kick it and it was just like I sent some good tweets, and somebody found them funny, and then you get like a damn life, damn near lifelong friend. Like, and then like you know, you're he has the same like kind of independent spirit like that you do. That like, yo, fuck everybody else. We can do this ourselves. Like, and you know, I thought that was really cool. And then you know, Jeremy and Josh started keeping a strong style uh, with it, and then we just like built the the network on it. I'm like, yo, why don't we we gotta we gotta keep. The momentum we got to keep like doing our thing and um, 11 years later like every time football season starts I'm like wow another year uh, behind the microphone one nation radio and it's like <laughs> like I, I've always done all the theme music and everything yeah, and it's been it's been really cool to do and now that. Now you're I've, making
1: everybody's theme music.
0: Man I, I did a song for a guy today he said I'm getting merch sent to me to shoot a video with so it's it, oh, wow. this thing is about to like you know Hopefully do uh, do do some things. But um, I think that uh, I, I would love to eventually do like some type of live events or something like. And the cool thing is we kind of did one. We've done it before. To, Yeah, we, we, we went to New York and um, during WrestleMania 35 weekend, we were at the Hooters across Madison Square Garden. We did. A, we got invited to do a live podcast. Uh, we got all our food comped. We had d- dozens of wrestlers show up there. Um including Will Ospreay, Jay White, B. Priestley. uh um, there were more. I think she was all the Australians were there. But, was but Jamie I don't know there? if she was. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know what she looked, can... looked like then, so okay. I don't know. Okay. Um but there, Yeah, that was there your there first was... that
1: was your first week I'd ever seen her wrestle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you know i i there were there were tons of i think uh what's his name uh he's canceled now but jimmy havoc was
1: there um there there was a yeah, so that means jimmy was there cuz at the time they were yeah ah yeah
0: and then and it was like um you know all the the cool stuff we got to cover over this time, like we we covered essentially like the end of CM Punk and WWE. And
1: uh, <coughs> now we're covering the <laughs>
2: end of CM Punk in AEW. AEW. Yes, How amazing. Think of that? Full circle, full circle. No Swiss Beast. Full circle
0: um we, we, we got to see um like the end of john cena uh as a, as a tippy top person we got to see the rise of the shield uh we got to see uh the bullet club the new japan okada tanahashi uh, we got to see the elite uh form and then aw and chris jericho is like entire like you know just post like uh post 40 year old run which he's just like been incredible um just so many you know we got into joshi you know we got into um lots of different stuff like i got into a lot of classic wrestling like you know like pero like all japan stuff i i got to learn a lot and become a, what i feel is a more well-rounded uh you know fan and um it, it's been so cool to, to share that journey with james and you know like i i think james is like just uh like when we started doing the Joshi thing um, and, and paying attention to it, like I I always encourage James. I'm like, yo, you got to talk about this. You guys gotta go ahead, like like James, you gotta like just keep putting your voice out on this. Like we're gonna talk about this shit every week on the show or, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like we're gonna find a way. And luckily we had Sierra to kind of like uh, hold hold our hands uh, on a couple a couple things like that. But I was like, nah, man, like like James can can be be the specialist on this. Like this. This is, this is something he's good at. This is something that, that he likes. He's passionate about. And now like like look at it. Look at it. Oh, the rise and fall of NXT. Yeah, that, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, I, I think James is the best, one of the best voices in the space uh, on Joshi. And it's like, you know, and I'm one of the top 75. So, like, you, you are know. are one of the top
1: 75 you know, also. of, of uh, historians on Joshi Russell at this point. Yeah, you absolutely you know, are. Well,
0: so, uh, but yeah, like, like this thing is a journey. It, it's, it's, you know, you look at it and it's like, yeah, man, we've got tons of shows. We have tons of inside jokes. All the bits, the bits really come from our friendship. I always say the show's almost not about wrestling. It's about us. And yeah. hopefully you guys uh can get that. Like hopefully that uh is apparent uh when you listen to it. We enjoy um the, the, the community. Uh, we enjoy, you know, the Discord uh you know and everyone that that jumps in that thing. Uh because I, we do a lot of talking in there. I actually opened up a new channel in there so everybody can talk about stuff that isn't wrestling if they want you know just how do you feel about life so you joshua
1: Smith chagrin
0: yeah yeah so uh, you know if you haven't jumped into discord that's a, that's a cool way to uh kind of interact with us and um uh, i just at the end of the day like i'm, I'm happy to do this show uh with my, with my one of my best friends and like this is like this is amazing like that that we get to turn our mics on click a bu- button and then we're talking to the world or we have the opportunity to reach the world and even if it's something is like you know like like professional wrestling like which we all love and I don't think is like yeah man this we get to talk about this stupid thing no it's not a stupid thing and you know why it's not a stupid thing because it like introduced us to a lot of cool people and and friends and took us like around the world James went to the fucking dome this year like that's not stupid at all like
1: (laughs) I felt I felt stupid after Tim got her ass dropped in six minutes (laughs) what the fuck is this why are y'all on well, y'all promos up building this? And this is going on like four from the top. It comes on like second, third match. It gets done in five minutes and forty five seconds. She's a fucking top chef now.
0: <laughs> Nihon James, yes.
1: Yeah. Oh my god.
0: But yeah, yeah, man, that's you know
2: eleven years. Oh, we uh, sacrificed.
1: Oh not Mary. Oh man. Oh so, man. Yeah, but
0: at the end of the day, you know, one this radio, you know, it's, it's on, you know, and it's been on, it's going to stay on and like, uh, you know, compare us to who you want or whatever. Like, you know, we'll take all the comparisons. We'll, we'll take, you know, all the smoke. We'll, we'll take whatever. We'll be here doing our thing, whether, you know, whether two people are listening or 200, 2000, whatever, like it is, you know, 2 million. Like, so,
1: We'll be here. Yeah, Brew Haven said uh O and R forever. Forever <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
0: That yeah. is great. Um but it would not be One Nation Radio if we didn't talk about some conspiracies. Um here we go. And some you know, just interesting things about the world that are going on right now. Uh, so on the same day, it was announced that uh, Usher was headlining the Super Bowl. No, next no, no, year. hold
1: on. Have to, no, no, no. Let's talk about Usher first, and then we'll get to. Don't, 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 don't do that. Because like that, don't do that. Let's let's get to the funny after this. <laughs> OK, so we'll save the conspiracy for for a few minutes from now. We'll get to it. We'll definitely get to it. But uh, yeah, so it was announced uh, over the weekend that uh, Usher uh, will be performing the halftime show of this uh, upcoming Super Bowl. Um, for me, this is somebody that has been long overdue. Like he sold more records than anybody in the in the decade of the 2000s. What else is there to discuss? Right. Um, so a lot of people. A lot of people, let me say, especially uh, his most loyal fans, um, oh. have been wanting this for a long time. Obviously, the man is uh, incredibly talented. He's been doing the Vegas residency uh, the last uh, year and change, maybe two years. Um, they had they had his own promotional uh, campaign with the Ush Bucks when he's uh, th- making it rain fake uh, fake money with his name with his face on it at, at, uh, at strip clubs, robbing them women's bl- them women blind. Um, so, yeah, uh, also there was some controversy, or not controversy, there was some buzz around his, uh, Resney shows because he was basically like, uh, had people in particular seats, like a VIP section where when it's, when he sings, there goes my baby, he, you know, he serenades the women and then like, you know, the internet does what the internet does, which is you paid all this money to bring your woman to, uh, the show so that Usher can basically sit in on her lap and, 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 and sing, and, and sing, or sing a waterfall out of her, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on from there, and it, it, it caused a lot of stuff, and then you saw NBA players bring their girls, and their girls start basically, like, jump away from him, and jump on, like, just basically doing all types of showy shit, and it's like, whatever, so this news coming out, uh, for me, uh, I felt was long overdue, like, a lot of people, um, for me, personally, like, there are three people worth talking about, like, in my lifetime, or let's say post-Michael Jackson, The Prince, for far as, like, black male singers uh to talk about that are like you have to like you have to talk about these three particular people you have to talk about well <laughs> <laughs> one only one of them you could you could be like I, you have to talk about them and feel good about it. the other two because they're assholes or or sex passes you know whatever so you have robert kelly you have ursha raymond and you have christopher brown uh obviously r kelly and chris brown have their have gigantic issues uh, regardless of how good their music is. So let's just move them to the side. So basically cause them oh, two have don't bring one of them themselves back. in the realm of uh uh what do you call it decency we have Usher and um yeah man uh a lot of people have talked about um Guns N' Roses as like Guns N' Roses is a rock and roll Hall of Fame musical act off the strength of one album and one album only. If you'd liked uh, Chinese democracy, or use your or the two use your illusions. Cool, they're in here because of an appetite for destruction, right? Um, Usher had tons of hits, like I mentioned, So, more records than anybody in the decade of the two thousands. Confessions is one of, is is one of them thrillers, one of them you know renaissance is one of those lemonades, one you know like one of those tra- transformational albums. So it took him from gigantic star to oh. He's the biggest star in the world right now. I wasn't quite, I wasn't honestly expecting that. But like, once you reel off that whole A side, you're like, okay, I, there's no debate now. There's no debate. So, yeah, man, I'm really happy for him. And uh, the, uh, Rich, you, uh, if you if you want to say whatever you feel about Usher, go ahead. But I have some, I have some questions about like well, Usher's gonna play, and, and I'll pose because you've heard me talk about this for a couple years now. Uh, as far as the, the prospect of him having a Super Bowl Halftime Show, but like. I have a question on what he's going to play uh, for everybody at the halftime show because not everybody will be happy with whatever he plays. It don't, it don't matter what he plays, not everybody will be happy.
0: That's true. Um, the Usher that I'm a big fan of is the first album, Usher, through uh, the 702 album, I think.
1: So, I 98 actually, My Way and then uh, the 80, yeah, 8701, yeah. yeah I, uh I kind of got off.
0: Uh, the I got off the uh, the bus at Confessions, uh, ironically because like I hated yeah when it was out. I they played it to death. They definitely over, did. It. it was too. I just it was just too much. I just I, I just thought it was like just too much, and I the whole thing just I was I was a usher hater uh, at the time of Confessions. So yes, I I I, I probably wore the L Ooh. on that. Um, and I, I I just I was like yeah, I was like. I, I, the usher I loved, like, I loved like uh, you know the the stuff he was doing like with with the Neptunes and um like the, that you, don't yeah, the you
1: don't
0: have to call yeah you don't have to call yeah that I don't know yeah. uh of course nice and slow like that was my crank like I well I played that shit like Radio Rahim I had the cassette tape in 1999 I, I ran that shit to death. Like, uh, or 98, whatever the fuck the year was. Let's, like, I, it,
1: it, 98 is when the album came out. I think it, the out there, I think because it was a later single, they made it came, like the video made it came out in 99. Okay, like, just for, just for people's references, how old are you this time? Like nine, ten? I was like nine or ten years nine old. Nine or I was ten out here. playing nice and slow over Pete. That's a sick man. That's a On, sick young feet. child.
0: On repeat, just like thinking I could sing, like yeah, let's go. They call me US. h-e-r-r-a-y-m-o-n-d <laughs> Baby, tell me what you want to do with me. Got a nigga feeding
1: like Joe to see.
2: My <laughs> like, nigga was ripping that shit, dog. Like,
1: <laughs> you, you know, also that remix to "Nice and Slow" with Twist is like one of the most underrated remixes ever, in my opinion. Like mm. that, that's a killer. Like Twister or kill that shit. Yeah, yeah. Like the
0: uh, you know, his first song. You maybe want to leave one am with. Like that shit was dope. I like, yeah. like, like I, I like a lot of his early stuff. Um, and then you know, moving like nasty,
1: said, moving nasty from day one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then like you know, like I said, the the whole thing with confessions and all that, I, I just guess I didn't relate. And then like I was just tired of of the everything with Lil John at that point. I was like done. I was like, all right, I'm good. Um, and eventually, you know, it becomes just an American classic, and it's like, oh, okay, whatever. I, I just learn to live with it mm-hmm. and whatever. But he moves on from there, and I start liking Usher again,
1: like <laughs> like after all that. So, um, which is interesting then, because like. After confessions, he, he did a dumb thing as, as a, as a young, uh, as a young, uh, black male sex symbol. He fucked around and got married to an older woman. And they did not like that, not one bit. Like, for all the talk that is, is, so it's always funny to me, right? Because, you know, we cover the Joshi stuff and you hear them talk about how, like, a lot of them, or at least for a long time, like, they would keep whatever relationships they were having on the tuck because, it might hurt their sales or whatever else sell merchandise. So people be like, oh, this person is on una- quote unquote, unavailable. So it ruins the fantasy that you actually had a chance this person to begin with. Right. Usher. And like a lot of people are like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Whatever else. And I'm like, I gotta tell you, like, I, 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 I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it in real life. Um, you know, when, um, the Here I Stand album came out in 07, I want to say. It had, you know, Love in His Club and the remix of Wayne and Beyonce and that album, Moving Mountains and, you know, The Dream and Clutch and uh, Tricky and all that stuff, all the production stuff. It was obviously a step down. It was, it was like, how do you, he's not Michael Jackson. He's not going to follow up thriller with bad, right? He's not. Uh, but it was a good album. But the way people, reacted to it was like and it was a weird time where was like you know at that time we're making music we're we're aspiring you know we're aspiring music label and like we're pushing r&b and like all of a sudden like the genre starts creating upon itself as like it's one of the first thing to crater as the uh industry like kind of like Collapses and shrinks every single year after year after that. So with, with
0: the with the internet and then the production style changes and
1: and everything being all, cheaper and yeah. it's like well for good R and B you need like live it would it would be for the best for live instrumentation and like well that's now at a cost of the out of budgets and people's advances and all that kind of stuff so it's like you get less and less and less of that stuff, um, so you get that and then you get the um, the Raymond versus Raymond album and like the Raymond versus Raymond album is kind of like. Effectively, the end of his peak. Uh, because you know it's it, it has great songs on it. You know it has the Hey Daddy song. That, you know
2: was <laughs> saying, hey, they was putting plies on Usher songs. I'll never let it go.
1: Uh, plies, well, baby. Well, plies on there, and I was like, I can't believe he has plies on his first single to his new album. Like this dude, did, does he not remember who the, he's? Does he not remember that he's Usher Raymond? And then like when the radio stuff came out or the video came out, and, like, Playa was in there, I was like, okay, he he knows, okay, he knows what he's doing, he knows what he's doing, like, this is the radio single, or whatever else, or whatever it has, you know, with the street rap or whatever else, and there then, like, I, I gotta, I'm leaving that off for, you know, when it's money time, okay, fine, um, but, like, you know, at that point in time, like, he's looking around, and he's older, and he sees his sense like, he obviously says, like, you know, his a person he sees as, like, his young bull, like, Chris Brown like kind of reinvented his career, re, 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 resuscitating his career after he fucked it up because he's a woman beater, like doing the you know the EDM uh, slant. And at that point in time, EDM is has a huge craze, in, you know getting into the beginning of the two thousand uh, tens. Um, so he you know he does the OMG song with uh, with Will I Am, and you know fresh off all the stuff he did with Black Eyed Peas and everything, and it's a gigantic hit. But his most loyal fan base hated that shit. He was like, you're all supposed, you're supposed to be making songs for us, not them. And when he made that song for them, it was like, it was really weird. And then, you know, the, the double or the, like the, what do you call it? The reissue album or the uh, verse, I think it's called Versus. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it's called Versus. They had additional stuff with like, you know, DJ's got to fall in love with Pitbull, more of the EDM stuff. Then he goes, he doubled downs again with, um, the looking for myself album and like, I like that album. That shit has hits on it. Yeah. No one, no one, all. no one pretends like, no, it's it, people pretend like it never happened. They just move on. They treat like his career ended to basically Raymond versus Raymond. And that's kind of it. And then like, we talk about like, you know, the Justin Bieber stuff where he, you know, he put on Justin Bieber and like, that's kind of his legacy. We move on. We, we treat him like, uh, what do you call it? um, Like he's an historical act or whatever else. He's a legacy act. He like his base became a legacy act from like the twenty tens on. And to see him um finally get his due when it's like he could've he should have had a super halftime show in two thousand fucking four or five, right? Like you're putting Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson and Britney Spears out there or whatever else, and then you're going to get the fucking who or whatever else. No, that guy. So uh, I'm, I'm glad it's been long overdue, and I'm glad he's he's here now. So, um, Rich, is it now time for, for me to, to now get to the shits?
0: Um, I think I know where you're going. Uh, right. go ahead, sir.
1: All right. So, as I mentioned, I love Usher. I just spent like 15 minutes gushing about how how much uh. I'm just gonna keep going because, but if this was Mason Cameron, they'd be like gushing, "Whoa, hey yo, (laughs) yo, what's this?
2: Crazy! (laughs) They're immature
1: immature asses." Anyway, (laughs) grow the fuck up. So, um, yeah, man, like I very similar to a lot of other people that like have the hits to do it, but you listen, you think of the subject matter of these songs, and you wonder. What he's, what is he going to play? Because you look at what the majority of his biggest hits were were these emotional relationship songs about heartbreak or about wanting somebody or being in these weird situations or about flat out sex. And it's like, it's still the NFL. How's it going to go? So you look through his biggest hits, right? You look at, you know, stuff like nice and slow, as you mentioned, I think that was number one, right? Yeah, something that is definitely going to be unplayed. Like, I, I think, uh, our homeboy Kendrick mentioned that, like, he hated that song and it was kind of similar to the Andre 3000 thing, where it's like, I made Hey Yeah, and I never want to play Hey Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, you don't, you don't like that song? Okay, cool. Give the money back. Oh, you don't want to get the money back? I guess you should go up there and play the people that song they paid to come see you play. <laughs> what is, what are we talking about? So anyway, you're gonna go up there and you, look, I, I said to Kendrick, like, you're gonna go up there, you're gonna sing and dance that yeah, boy. <laughs> and, and that's the end of the Dummy. stuff. Yes. Take your ass out there. <laughs> You've been a piece up A Town Down all night. Anyway, um and when Ludacris come out there and i about take that, rewind it back, and all oh, that, you better clap, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um,
0: did, did you mention you don't have to call already?
1: You uh, you don't have to call the song where it's like that's on the borderline because you can dance to it, of course, right? Um, a song like "Caught Up," you know, you can you can you can dance to it, so like he can get away with it. But when it's like you you know you remind me of a girl, or it's um you know uh, you got it bad or burn classic,
0: you got it bad classic.
1: Or yeah, these are all no, these are all classics, but it's like. Is not necessarily appropriate for uh, the venue, right, or for the stage.
0: This gonna be this gonna be nasty. Like it,
1: it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a similar conundrum to why like Adele got offered the Super Bowl halftime show and she like almost immediately rejected it a couple years ago. She's like, what the "Fuck, I'm gonna do sing um somebody someone like you at that Super Bowl halftime show. That, you want me to you want, me to, you want me to sing Turning Table at the Super Bowl halftime show? All I got is like Rolling in the Deep." So yeah, like he he is gonna be interesting what he plays. And the thing for me is like as as go ahead,
0: nice and slow. I don't give a fuck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that shit needs to be on there. So uh, let
0: let them come into our
1: world. So, so it was interesting to me because I, I mentioned, you know the uh the like at the end as basically move people moved on from him and like move past his his. But his prime wasn't basically determined like nah this was your prime we're done with you um like i always thought that like look man these people that were his core fan base as he started making more music to uh keep continue making making the money come in and keep making you know being on the top of the charts as RB as a genre has died unless it's white people doing it, it like Pete, like they basically hated all that shit he made so like the people that have like been on the on the front lines, if you will, banging the drum for him to have a Super Bowl halftime show, like the stuff that you want him to play ain't stuff really conducive to him putting on uh, the best show when it comes to the singing and the dancing and all the stuff that he can do on stage. So the stuff he's gonna have to play uh, to make to uh to subsidize some of that stuff because uh, his catalog uh being so heavy uh you know into the relationship stuff is the stuff you hate. So it's going to be a it's going to be a real like two uh two Americas of Usher stuff when it comes to like cuz like he can play on OMG and when he plays OMG I love that song. So I'm I'm going to enjoy it. But a lot of them going to sit there and be like this ain't for us. And I'll be like, "Hey man, uh y'all got to stop this shit of uh, of th- this ain't for us or this ain't for whoever. Because I, I, I can tell you this, Usher Blackass made it. So, what the fuck are we talking about? So, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Always and, like um, that song. No, regardless of um, whatever he plays. Nobody's, whatever set list he plays for people that don't know him from just the radio. People that were his day one f- or, or year one fans. Uh, people that picked up after confessions or whatever else. There is no nothing he could he, there's nothing he could play to where he's gonna satisfy everybody. He may, but best, best he can do is basically play like one or two for all these people. But it's gonna be interesting oh, to see because no one's gonna it? be exactly 100 percent happy.
0: So it's the good old Adrian Balboa conundrum.
1: You can't win. He can't. There's nothing he can do to win this one. Nothing. Everybody's gonna Sick. feel like he left someone on the table based off their personal taste of what Usher's catalog or what they like in his catalog. Unless you're someone like me that likes most of it anyway.
0: Man, um, I, yeah, man. Because because
1: to me, I'd be like, hey, like you mentioned that nice slow. Look, go out there and play my way. <laughs> I don't give a fuck.
0: Hey, that that yeah yeah same.
1: My but, way is dope, Like too. just cut before he says little midget. Just 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 before you go to the rap breakdown the second verse. Just just cut that.
0: Just cut. That. All the rap breakdowns got to go. You
1: yeah, know. just just cut that.
0: Cut that. Uh, you think he's gonna do papers?
1: Zaytona make that? Yes. Yeah, man. That was wild. So,
0: um, who are the Usher features? Like, like, like who do you think he needs to bring out? Like, Because you gotta person, bring out Lil Jon Ludacris, right? He
1: should bring out Lil Jon Ludacris for the same reason that, like, um, so, Katy Perry when she did the 2014 Super Bowl, uh, or 15, whichever year it was, uh, she had brought out Missy Elliott, right? And it was like, you know, when you're a star like that, you got to make all these ensemble changes. You got to go from different sets, you know, because Super Bowl halftime shows almost use the whole damn field. So it's like, you got to go from here to here, whatever else, unless you're, you know, your one person is like, I'm just going to be like a Beyonce or I'm going to be like the, the weekend. I'm just going to do this whole visual effects thing to like cover for it. But like, if you're going to make like the the kind of wardrobe change that you traditionally expect a, a single person show to be, like you throw you play, yeah. So you get Lil Jon DJing and you also get, um,
0: ludicrous, rapping.
1: ludicrous rapping, ludicrous, and then play another song like whether it's roll out or you know, summer hospitality. I don't know what Super Bowl is this year. Like whatever he wants to play, Vegas. It's Vegas. okay, summer hospitality. It don't work for that, but if it was you know, if it was like you know, somewhere else. But whatever. Like regardless, like a place like he, that,
0: he, he can play runaway love.
1: He play runaway love at a Super Bowl. I, I would be wow, <laughs> wow. Anyway, so. It allows Usher to then move on to do something else and change wardrobe, whatever. So you know he wants to play, he wants to change wardrobes. Like, remember that man, remember that Super, Bowl, or not, like the All-Star game he did when he was out there playing that, uh, the, that, that, Moore song or whatever else. And that man was out there and, uh, what was it? A uh, Fabulous had clowned him and said that man dressed like he finna, he finna battle on the, on the gladi- and the, sorry, the Gladiatorial Roman Colosseum and shit. Like, yeah, man, he's gonna have a whole bunch of ideas. So and also, you know, he's a he's a Toys R Us kid. Like he's forty three and he's still out or forty three, forty four at this t- stage. and He's still out here dressing like he's twenty two, like he's like really one, he's one of them young Atlanta niggas. So like he's gonna. I,
0: I, I just I just yeah. want some Ush bucks to 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 appear. Like he got to make it rain Ush bucks. Have the Ush bucks falling from the from the ceiling of, of the venue. Uh, if, if we can get Lil John one song, can we get Who You Wit? Just just I,
2: just you know. <laughs> Look, there's only, there's limited words, in it you know they don't really have to work on beeping nothing. You know, I, I don't
1: I don't think they're gonna play that one. I don't think they're <laughs> gonna play that one. I don't think they're gonna go deep into the John. Uh, what is that? Uh, is that put your hood up? I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to like the the 2001 Little John Eastside Boys catalog. I just don't think they're you know, going to dig that's that. What deep.
0: I, that's what I'm trying to you know. That's what I'm trying to see. You know, um, man. <sighs> I don't really think Usher and Jay-Z have too many notable songs together. Um, they got
1: what? Uh, They got Hot Toddy that uh, Apollo anything,
0: produced. They,
1: have, they did another song besides that that was on... What did they do it was on, on Kingdom, what, Kingdom Come?
0: Yeah, and it was not good. Right. Uh, it yeah, was, it's, it's, it's one of those anything. things where like, it just
1: didn't work. It just didn't work. They tried yep. it, it. It was almost like... Jay-Z was like, all right, you know, you know, the whole situation with R. Kelly, you know, where you got Mason or whatever else. Like, all right, I, I'll pick the, I, I'm going to ride with the new king. It, it didn't, it didn't quite work the same yeah. way. Also, Whoa. go back in time. I think Jay-Z wants, uh, wants that guilty to approve it. It's a song off of, uh, off his catalog where it's featuring R. Kelly. And that man says, Jigga Kelly, not guilty. What do you mean, Jigga and Kelly? What did Jigga do along with Kelly?
0: Bro. I was I was in Springfield, Mass over the weekend, right? And I was out in the club. One, the Northeast DJs are, are suffering. Um, for one, uh, I'll get into that more okay. maybe in the post show. But okay. man, it's bad up there. Uh, them DJs they, they need to be thrown in jail. Is it you know, is it like rounded North, up?
1: Is it is it, a, is it like the North never uh, lost? Is that is that or anything? Ooh,
0: okay, like, interesting. I, I was well, look when I'm hearing fabulous can't let you go at 1 a.m. prime time, brother. We're we're like, what are we doing? Um,
1: they ain't gonna but, play. Uh, they, ain't, they ain't gonna play like. Uh, they're not gonna play none of the drill stuff.
0: They played some of it, but man, uh, this this guy that, that was going, it was Ooh. every time he gets something rolling, he messes up. But I even forgot my point now. But um, <laughs> they um, uh, I don't know, man. It's uh. As far as what Usher plays, I, 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 I think it's going to be one of the great con- I feel like this, if someone's kept track of this, right? Mm-hmm. We've got like four, we've got like a four or five month Twitter conversation on our hands right here. People can submit their own Usher Super Bowl playlist. Usher, you know what Usher should do? He should, he should hold a vote.
2: Hold a fan vote?
0: He should be running polls, straw polls. He should be putting out uh, Twitter polls. He should be uh, having song elimination tournaments. Be like, you know, this is, you know, whatever. But you don't know what order he's gonna play it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and collect collect all the data and, and see what's out there. And be like, hey man, I just
1: I just listened to analytics. You know, it wasn't me. You know, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting because it's like. Uh, like, for example, Beyonce, right? Beyonce at, uh, at the Renaissance Tour, like, she'll play One Plus One, right? One Plus One is a love ballad with, like, a, almost like a prince, uh, like, guitar, uh, solo at the end of it, right? And she blows, uh, like crazy at the end, right? And the whole thing is like, it's like the end of the world, and, like, it's me and you together, and, like, just make, just make love to me, right? That's, like, people, that's a, that's a staple Beyonce song for black women, right? Uh, some of our, uh, queer, White uh, brothers and sisters, they go to the Beyonce album and they like, Why are you playing a B side? And they be getting attacked on Twitter because they should shut the fuck up. (laughs) So, like, that's that, all of that is like the whole, that's gonna be a Super Bowl halftime show. And keep in mind when Beyonce shows up, she don't play that at the Super Bowl halftime show. She plays formation at the Super Bowl halftime show because she got it in her bag. Usher don't have. That that much stuff like that in her in his bag. So that's what that's the thing. That I like, I always think it's interesting. Is like, Usher absolutely deserves it. I wonder what he's going to play and how people are going to be disappointed with whatever he plays. It's going to be so interesting. He can't win. He really can't win.
0: On the same day that Usher um, <laughs> was named as a Super Bowl halftime performer. I don't even know where to begin with with this story, James.
1: <laughs> Bro, I, I, I'm still I still can't believe this shit's real. Is I'm still trying to figure out if it actually is in fact real. This is this. Chris, this Chris is so-
0: Brown has been hit with a two million dollar lawsuit over an unpaid Popeyes chicken roll alone.
1: No, hey, no, no, you should have said wait. A two million dollar unpaid loan to Popeyes Chicken. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Bro,
0: what? <laughs> the fuck? Well, first of all, why the fuck does he owe two, $2 million to Popeye's?
1: That's what the fuck I'm trying to figure what out. What are you doing? First uh, off, another thing. Why the fuck did Popeye's chicken give him the $2 million? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Yo. This is, so, this is <laughs> to be a Rihanna, this used to be a Rihanna uh, meme that used to go around. And I'm just going to repeat it. This is the ghetto shit i ever seen in my life. I have never <laughs> said the word ghetto in 11 years on this show. I'm saying it here. This is the ghetto shit I've ever heard in my life. The, uh, the R&B singer, the black R&B singer, one of the three most important <laughs> black r singers of our life, or black singers of our lifetime, right? He has a, he has, he's on the hook to get sued for taking $2 million on loans from a chicken joint. What? <laughs> This is embarrassing. This is a stereotype. This is a, stere- a stereotype in real life. Does, does
2: Rock Nation have something to do with this?
1: <laughs> does Rock
2: Nation decided, hey, you know, on the same day we 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 announced Usher, we gonna we gonna stick it to Chris Brown a little bit on the other side, you know. An, a permanent enemy, you know, after that man tried to fuck their Rihanna bag up. A permanent enemy.
1: I I I I <sighs> I don't know what the fuck that is. Okay, I, so it just, it's just goofy, man. It's goofy. Like two I, million dollars for the
2: chicken sandwiches. <laughs> I love Popeyes
0: too, but 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 but, but two million dollars? No. Okay, seriously though. I, um,
1: my question is this: right? Like, is it a situation where like the same people that own, like, the company that "quote unquote" owns, uh, or not "quote unquote"? That that owns like. Popeyes Chicken. Dude, like they own a bunch of other stuff, and like one of the other places, is the place that gave Chris Brown the loan, and so now they're making a joke out of it. Like this shit says, literally Popeyes Chicken. That don't even make sense to me. What is going on?
0: Apparently, Chris Brown is not alone in this. There is there's someone else um that is on this. Who? So,
1: it's someone we know, don't we? Who, who the I'm fuck gonna, is
0: it? I'm gonna read it off. God damn it. According to the legal documents attained by the blast, City National Bank is suing Brown for $2 million, alleged it loaned him money to acquire a pair of Popeye's locations. Okay. The, law, the lawsuit claims the loan, which was given to several people, including Brown, and the dream remains unpaid. As of February 20, or 17, 2023, the Bauer and Guaranteers owe... in unpaid principal and interest. Technically, the lawsuit is in the state of Georgia, but the bank filed a case in L.A. as Brown currently lives there. It's unclear if they are suing the Dream over his alleged share of the loan. The lawsuit names Brown as a personal guarantor, which means he's on the hook for the unpaid portion of the loan. They have been trying to get their money back from Chris Brown since 2018 um, and has already won a default judgment against him in Georgia. As a result, the new motion filed (laughs) has been filed in L.A. and the bank claims he owes one point three million dollars. Okay. I guess he will be dropping several other forty-five song albums.
1: He said he's gonna stop doing that this year. <laughs> he, like, I know, I know that's the joke because that's the last two or the two albums of uh, from like the last like three years were like that. Like his most recent album isn't like that, but so, but so whatever. Like I haven't listened to his last, most recent album, which is weird. This, like, I, this I'm is
0: a huge, absolutely I'm outrageous. I'm to listening
1: to Chris Brown's music. I'm not a fan of Chris Brown. I love his music. I, I, I he's a terrible person. I like he's one of those people where he's like. You know, when it comes to anyone problematic, it's like, is their music like good enough for them to, for them to, for you to still listen to them regardless of the terrible person they are? Chris Brown clears that bar for me personally. I don't feel great about it I, at every at every point. I'm just like, he's a terrible person. Like, it's interesting that people are talking about like Usher's like the last iconic like musical artist or entertainer that we have that can do a Super Bowl halftime show, and people are like, what about Chris Brown? I'm like, under no circumstances, Chris Chris Brown be on the Super Bowl halftime stage, right? They can't go through that after the PR disaster that was Ray Rice and the Rihanna stuff. We can't we, he cannot be do he can know the optics the, are awful. He cannot be a Super Bowl halftime performer ever. Do
0: you do you know the think pieces that would exist here? Oh my god.
2: Yeah. It'd be bad and for everybody. Earn everyone they, they would earn every one of them. Right. Right. Yeah. So like, like Roger Goodell. So how do you so 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 so, so apparently the NFL loves domestic violence? Again, Look, still.
0: Again, yeah. Like you know, it really would line up with the ideals of the league, like on the low. So maybe they should consider this, James. But yeah, man. Um, uh, I just thought it was funny. Two million dollars, chicken, Chris Brown. This headline is ridiculous. It, it's, um,
1: yeah. But yeah. yeah, I you know,
0: and ask questions about Rock Nation. Ask questions.
1: They moving that nasty, huh?
0: Speaking of moving nasty, WWE will be moving its shit from the channel of Fox to the USA network. Uh, they're getting a raise, a 40% raise of, I believe, a $1.4 billion deal to take SmackDown back to USA. The USA has watched its dope uh get sold on another block and rebought the dope. But they were saying they are not going to, like, these rights are getting so big for each of these shows. This is no guarantee that Raw and NXT will remain on USA. Mm-hmm. I think before that, we should talk about, um, oh, yeah, what, what do you mean, rumor, Brewhaven? I've been dropping that gym for like a year and a half. Yeah, now, um,
1: <laughs> One Nation Radio always ahead. Um, but you've been speculating because of the whole, uh, <laughs> you know Stephanie and I were in a ring especially at the time when she got uh, sent away from or she got let go or whatever else so yeah there was there was a lot of talk to that um since then
0: yeah um,
1: speculation so, not talk yeah.
0: but i kind of want to talk about fox and wwe wwe and fox they started this relationship in 2019 I think people thought it would transform wwe into a just this huge entity like this boom period and yep. in, in some aspects like it has right I mean like from there, live
1: attendance it definitely has
0: yeah from live attendance yeah. and you know it's almost like that but like I'm looking at it and I'm like you know some of the stuff that we um, kind of would say from time to time and you know this goes in conjunction with the AWTV deal stuff like I always felt like, man, Fox ain't paying all this money for only this right. in the ratings.
1: Right. And it, and it was it, apparent when, when the week two ratings came in, they were like, oh, they went from four point something million or four point something to like one point something or two points something. like, it dropped off a clip after week one.
0: Yeah. And it was like, I don't know. I, th- I think that the the platform has not been used to the best of its, as, its ability. Um yeah they they have like they have their own ceiling that i think they you know i think they they swindle fox a little bit through this whole thing and then fox finally kind of woke up and was like hey man like all you have to do is like look down the dial like at the at different points aw was was rising and falling and then it was like what is the point of like paying a billion dollars for you know this show that if you stick it on FS1, it goes off a fucking cliff. Um, if you just look at the ratings, it's like it it just wasn't like ever this thing that it should have been like as far as like, yo, this is the biggest platform possible for WWE. Right. And they, I, would say never, they, I would say they fell never
1: caught it. on like that. And I would say they fell with it up until like this year. Mm-hmm. Like this year is the first year they actually like did well considering, like, the landscape of TV and, like, the amount of homes that have gone down year over year over year and, like, what number they're actually doing. And the demo's actually, like, changing and flipping, <laughs> you know, towards and skewing younger. Like, this was the first year they actually, Fox actually got return on their investment after it's been a sunk cost for <laughs> the first three years. So it's like, them not wanting to re-up it is like, well, I get it They've been because, losing like, 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 now 150 it's time to turn it's like You want to get stuck to where, like, all of a sudden something happens and, like, now you're eating shit for you know for five more years,
0: right? And um, they decided they're out of the wrestling business. And I think this will um be worse for the wrestling business overall. Um, yeah, yeah. because WWE being on Fox obviously it was good for WWE. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was good for anyone else, but in WWE's case, they were able to kind of transform SmackDown into in a property right when it was always kind of like you know there's also Smackdown like <laughs> there's also the temptations you know <laughs> but like I, I think WWE should be very careful about moving Raw off of Monday nights it's a 30 year tradition that you yep. play with and I know I know they don't care about any of that like they will be like yeah it's going to Wednesdays like they'll, they'll do it to fuck with AEW if, you know they'll do whatever and put it you know some people say hey sh- maybe a streaming company is going to do this uh they're going to move raw to amazon i think that is not smart whatsoever
1: i mean um
0: uh, the money has to be ridiculous yeah, to, for me to even it, consider it anything be, like that it, right
1: it has to be like the thursday night football type of overpayment type of thing to, to justify where it's like all right fine now like, you going to pay this much money no one even cares about thursday night football the games suck always anyway Thor, bad football there, and then if you and if you person always complains about how bad football is, you ain't got to watch it because you ain't gonna pay for it, and you're gonna pay us a boatload of money, so it don't even matter.
0: Yeah, and, and all this money, like it's almost like where's this money come coming from? Like what well, with these streaming services, because all of them seem to be shutting down or or always have money issues. Or and- pulling,
1: yep, yep, <clears throat> and pulling material off their sites and their servers. Yep, yep, yep.
0: And it's like, all right, man, NBC Universal, like they, they get tricked into thinking is gonna be like still SmackDown. Like I have I have news for them. They they drop that shit to cable. That shit's going to be Right. Lower. Right. Um and that's why that's why I would be very cautious. Right, You're not doing two million. No. Right. I would be very cautious about moving raw off of Mondays, especially um, you know. We know WWE will pull every trick in the book. They'll yeah. load up on nostalgia. They'll they'll s- stack the deck on you know whatever weeks they feel they need to. Um, but their their business is going to be really interesting to watch because it's not that like like the money's still insane, right? right. Like they let's not get. You know, obviously, like you hear this and it's like, yeah, man, they are making one point four billion dollars on this deal. What's the problem? And it's like, the well, problem
1: is, the problem is people are when you don't when it's out of sight out of mind, less people watch it. And when less people watch it, less people are less likely to attend. And then your attendance goes down and then you start when then once the attendance goes down, then you start worrying about the ratings. Because historically, once a live attendance goes down, then goes the ratings. That's the reason why, like people are looking around and like those soft, those very, very. Ice or uh Soft Serve uh for these AEW shows and we're like, uh should we be should we worried right now? Like that's the reason why. Um yeah. and you know, WWE to their credit, like they got Cena in, they got Rock in. Um, you know, the bloodline thing is still going uh because it's it's drawing people in and like they have they're still getting two million people every single week for SmackDown of late. Um, and this is the year where it's actually like, you know, paid off for is actually been a good deal for Fox, but like they're, they're getting out and like the whole concern is like, what happens? Like, it's like, it's, you wasted like, this
0: platform. Like you, you blew this, the opportunity,
1: right? right. Once you put that shit on USA, it's going to be two hours out of three. So obviously it's going to help, but it's like, they're not, it's not like they're going to go back and, and, you know, pull in 2.5. Hell no, it's not happening.
0: So, um,
1: and I don't even yeah. know how many less home, how many, how many like millions less homes, uh, USA is compared to Fox. It has to be dozens of millions.
0: Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, moving from that, um, it's, it was firing season again. Uh, the merger is complete. Yeah. yeah. TKO holdings, um, has, has decided. Yeah. It's time to start trimming.
1: Uh, like, had, let's announce. Let's announce that we got a new TV deal, the biggest TV deal we've ever had. We're gonna make more money than we ever had. Like we make more money every year than we ever had every previous year year over year. And let's well, as we do that, let's now fire more people after we guarantee after we paid we offered to get, sign these people up. We wasted their time. Yeah,
0: and this should be a dead giveaway. I think for the TV deal too. Like they they cut all these people, and it's like, well, I guess this is the response to signing a deal that was less. You know, they took a haircut a little bit, Um, but uh, I guess the biggest one of them all now, um, he broke after everyone's the release of Matt Riddle. Man, when you talk about wasted talent and like someone that's just like an all world level guy uh, in the ring. He's as much of a problem out of it, apparently, and like there's a lot about him. You know, being a sexual deviant that's out there, there are horror stories that exist. Um, there are, you know, just, I don't know, man. It's, is really, is, is a really bad situation. Um, with Matt Riddle, and it's like, when you are too much for the UFC and the WWE, Jesus Christ, like, and we, these are organizations that will look the other way in a heartbeat. Um, for, <laughs> for something but it's like yo we we know the stories that exist imagine the ones we don't know right right and there are look there are drug test issues um uh, there are lots of other issues uh with Matt Riddle like you know there him, him disappearing off of uh SummerSlam uh you know a couple years ago was not an accident by the way um there are <laughs> there are, you know in, in you know him just being gone for 30 days at a time and then getting yanked off tv like these were not like uh, <laughs> these were not storyline write-offs this was this was you know the deal that he had going on with the airport a
1: couple weeks ago um that was like what the fuck happened here um I still never heard the whole thing. Like, I only heard his side, and then everyone was like, me, like, nah, that's bullshit.
0: Right. So, this guy has all the talent in the world. Oh, well. Sad. Like, really sad. And, like, I don't know. You know, I don't know if he tries to go back to MMA. Uh, I don't know if he. Reaches for for his phone, and you know, there's other wrestling promotions uh, interested in bringing him in. Um, we we know we know what the deal is if, if he you know shows up in AEW, what it'll be
1: disaster.
0: Man, uh, on many levels. <laughs>
1: like, look, don't me look. Before I found out all this stuff, before all we all found out about this stuff, with Riddle like five years ago, this is 2018 2019. You could have signed me up for you could have me up for Matt Riddle versus Kenny Omega any day of the week. I don't care. I don't want to see it. I don't want him in AEW. Um, like, you know, there'll still be I am sure he'll get a call to to eventually you know, go to New Japan like he was planning on doing before New Japan before uh W saying, nah, come here. Before they saw New Japan as a domestic threat. But um yeah, uh Yeah, man, just uh a waste of a waste of extreme talent.
0: Yeah. Um Mustafa Ali. Uh this guy has been trying to get his release for a long time yeah. and he finally got his wish. Um this is a talented, talented guy.
1: Like he's been um, trying to get us, like, what, 2019, 2020? Something like that. Remember, he wanted out before Retribution. Retribution was during was during the, the dome. Yeah. Uh, what I almost called it the bubble. What was this shit called? The Thunderdome?
0: Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now this guy like is is a creative guy, right? Um, uh, they do have a lot of guys in AEW that already kind of wrestle like Mustafa Ali. He is on the wrong side of thirty five, but I would consider three things. He is creative. He can come up with his own stuff, uh, which would probably work well for him. Um, Brian Danielson's a known supporter of his. Um, you know. And then third, I could imagine TK wanting to push a Pakistani guy that is from Chicago. I I feel like that would kind of be up, you know, his alley kind of. And he's almost made in a lab for Tony Khan. Um, So I I think that he will eventually be in AEW. I I would be excited to see what he does. uh, But. I do have questions about him because it's like, all right, there are so many guys that they have. They really don't need anybody that right. was released from WWE right. here. I um, agree. And
1: that's, that's not, not a, uh, a front to Ali's talent right. or anything. Um, I, I will say this though. Um, somebody else in a different company um, contract is coming up. And if um, they bring him in, I don't want to hear this shit about we got too many guys because you already got too many guys. You bring in someone that's not as talented as some of the people that just got released from WWE. So, like, I don't want to hear it. I don't give a damn how many people are, are their backstage or friends of his or think he's a genius. They think the same thing as some of these other motherfuckers so that got let go from WWE. So don't want to hear it. Don't care.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think there's uh, I, there, there's talent there. There's there's hunger there. Um, I just don't know about the positioning because like it's like who do you push him over? And
1: probably for everybody.
0: It's a problem. Like, and you just add in one more kind of kind of thing in there. It's like, all right, where do we go with this guy now? And I think AW should focus on the roster it has right now. Um Dolph Ziggler. Let me start a clap for Dolph Ziggler. got that rapist money for 19 years um (laughs) that's that's a full career uh guy you know I I, Dolph Ziggler has been you know at different times he was he was one of my favorite guys at other times I thought it was just you know mailing it in whatever um he's drenched in WWE this guy never did the indie scene like this guy has never done like outside appearances this man has made so much money in wwe um and it's like i imagine he did not cry he did not you know he probably got down and was like well done with that guess i can do something else like whether you know he wants to you know i i, th- I could easily see ziggler in aw um uh, i i don't i wouldn't have the same concerns about ali because ziggler is like more kind of a uh like an established veteran that would probably be cool against a couple people. They could always put him with his brother. Um they could always do he he this guy can talk. He can make fans believe. He can be a heel. Yeah. He, he can do whatever. Um you know, would I necessarily sign him and uh forget about a Daniel Garcia? I I would not like because like the answer for AEW is not pushing mid 2000s or early 2010s guys from wwe like it's just not the answer like <laughs> it's like like that's not gonna make you a bigger company so yeah. like invest in your guys your natural resources there and keep like if you bring these guys in like you're bringing them in
1: to put other people to put over darby and jungle boy and hook and the rest of the pillars yes in big in big spots
0: But Ziggler had lots of great moments at WWE. Yeah. He had lots of down moments as well. Yes. Uh, You know, what if this guy didn't get concussed all the time? This guy was a great bumper. This guy uh, did a lot of, like, great wrestling, like, without flying, which is, I think, a hard feat in itself. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't imagine. Like I, I can't think of a single top rope move this guy ever did. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy for all the Shawn Michaels comparisons and everything. It, it, yeah. Like it's fun. Don't you ever notice this, these people that get these Shawn Michaels comparisons, like Ziggler and Cole? It's like where the fuck is their top rope work? Then, like, yeah. like, 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 where's their verticality?
1: Like, at where's, all? where's the moonsault? Where's the elbow drop? Yeah, yeah. Um, but this guy.
0: He's he's got talent. He is just like a he's a vestige of yesteryear. And if it's me, I would probably stay away. But I'm not living in alt reality. I feel like we will see him.
1: Yeah. So I just we probably should have started first with with Dolph, um, considering you know he's a two time Grand Slam champion in WWE. (laughs) Like they fired a dude that like should absolutely make their Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he should headline the Hall of Fame like he's the fucking Rock or, or Triple H or Batista or anything, but, like, he should be somebody that's, like, in the next decade or so, should be brought into a, super to a, one of those uh things, d- does a speech, and then comes out there for WrestleMania with the rest of the people, and people clap for him because he was a, he was a mainstay in WWE forever, and that dude was a bit of an Iron Man. Like, so, this is how you know, like, how long and how important he actually is to the company and whatever else. Here we go. I'm not going to, I'll say the person who tweeted this after just seeing these releases. Now these days are so fucking tough for the ones who gave their all to our crazy world of for wrestling, like Dolph Ziggler, a decorated WWE career. I'll always be a supporter and a fan. Can't wait to see what he does and what everyone does next. Hashtag onward. Do you want to know who tweeted that?
0: Was that the Ric Flair one? no oh so that yes well rick flair also sent a nice, ah. a lot of nice words out about Dolph ziggler as well would you please let us know it's who like, said that james
1: dwayne the rock johnson <laughs> <laughs> rock then with with this tweet posted a picture that says 19 years 1554 matches on tv third most in the company's history Two-time W or two-time world heavyweight champion, one-time NXT champion. Because remember, he was NXT champion yeah. uh, recently. Six-time IC champion, two-time United States champion, four-time tag team champion, 2012 Money in the Bank winner. He is a two-time Grand Slam winner.
0: Yeah, John Cena also put this guy over on Twitter. Huge.
1: Yeah. And think of the and think of the burials John Cena has put has given Ziggler on screen. Think yeah. of those in the early 2000s.
0: Many, many Two. of them.
1: Yeah. Drop dude on um, that man. Remember that?
0: Yes. Literal shit on this man. Yes. Um, you know, to Ric Flair, uh, to uh, AJ Lee, I think, said some, some, or I think it was AJ. No, it was uh, it was Lana uh, talking about Ziggler. Like, everyone was talking about Ziggler. Loves this guy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Big E basically said, you know, Ziggler was like the reason he was able to learn a lot of stuff. You know, coming up in it because you knows Biggie was paired with Ziggler. Ironically, around the same time, One Nation Radio was starting. So, right. <laughs> um, you know, this guy for a certain amount of time, like, and it just didn't happen for him. It's like,
1: gonna be at- hard. To, it's gonna be hard to explain to people that like that are younger that weren't around at the time. And, like, yo, he was on the cusp. Like the shit that's happened. The shit happened with Cody, like. We were all like, yo, that Ziggler guy's more talented, but, like, they should probably face each other and have, like, the Rock Austin, or not, or not the, Rock, the Rock Triple H type of thing. Like, they have their feud each other, and it's so works so well that, like, they can move on to, like, be people that can semi-main event shows together. Like, remember, remember like, 2020, or whatever year we started watching, like, the next year, the next two years, like, we were, like, fantasy booking that, like, they have a match for the IC title at WrestleMania. Never happened, of course, but, yeah, we were like, that should be the feud.
0: Bro, I was like Cody Rose versus Dolph Ziggler should main event WrestleMania thirty at one point.
1: <laughs> there you go. But but keep in mind, this is but
0: this that, was this is this like was, three years before that or whatever. This,
1: but this is at the time we like we had just got back into wrestling and we thought it worked the same way it used to work. Whereas like Correct. if you're in, like you get the mid card belt, that means that like we are short, we are putting you on the short track towards eventually becoming a main eventer. Like it it worked when we were like ten. Or whatever else, yeah, and then we then we realize like quickly It'll uh, over work years, like, like as we get more and more pissed at this thing, like we moved away from WWE and moved on to other things. Like, yo, this place is not work how it used to work, and if it did, it will work so much better because it will make more sense how you how you track people up and down cards. But everyone stays around forever, and no one ever gets fired anymore, and uh, and also for the good, no one dies from steroids and drug and, and drugs and and booze like that anymore. So like that's a that's a. That's a plus of it, but part of it is like, also, the churn was at an all-time snails pace for forever. No one ever, or sorry, no one important ever got fired, and, like, up until, like, AEW happened, people started leaving out, so you actually started people getting the chance. Like, think of what, like, you think LA Knight would be doing what he's doing right now if, like, Moxley, and Danielson, and and Christian, and, you know, whoever, and Jericho were still in WWE? Hell no, they would never give him a shot.
0: this is the benefit of
1: having two major pro wrestling companies in this country again
0: so from there there are a host of other people that range from you know people that just had issues backstage to people that were just around too long to NXT people we've never heard of Um, I think the funniest of the remaining ones uh, by far is Top Dollar Um, what what a what another run uh for, for top dollar here um this is like i think we can put it to bed to where people are asking for a full hit row reunion and swerve and top dollar reunited with b-fab and ashanti the adonis like i, I think we can put people going and swerve comments away we can put it away of saying, don't you wish you were back in WWE with hit roll. I think we can stop that now. Um, I was reading Twitter the other, other week top Dollar called himself the best promo in the business. So, um, him, uh, remaining employed and, and, you know, pushed in a professional wrestling company should not be too hard for top dollar. Um, I, uh, I thought it was very interesting that only he was let go and not uh, B. Fab and A. Shot to the Adonis, uh, two people that I al- always ha- heard have sterling reputations. Um, B. Fab in particular being a total pro about pretty much everything. Top dollar. It's hard, man, when you when you're that big, that black, that outspoken, that kind of unaware at times of, of how this all works, um, while having maybe, maybe some points about you know what your gripes are and, and how you're treated and everything, but never quite being able to for as as depth as he was with his words, struggled to express himself in a way to draw fans to his side to make to be engaging, uh, to take the heat off yourself a little bit, like amongst the fans. Um, and I just think WWE was like, what are we doing here after all this time? Um, so, you know, if he, he, I think, I think he wants to remain in wrestling. He was putting up his booking, uh, information around, I think January 1st from there. So if he wants to remain, you know, in in wrestling, I, I, you got let go twice in WWE. they were trying to teach you something, I guess. Hopefully these lessons are learned, but I would find it pretty improbable to imagine him in AEW. Um, I, I don't think that will be his destination. Um, I think (laughs) he may end up maybe as an impact wrestler, Uh. um, he said he spoke with them before, but I think the highlight uh, of his uh, run was the failed top rope dive that I think will live on in wrestling Twitter perpetuity. Um, and I'm trying to like say all this stuff with the straightest face possible because you know, like people's livelihoods are taken from. I don't want to, you know, just you know, go off like that. But James, what what do you think of this release?
1: I'm going to get out of the way. It's unfortunate. Look, um... (laughs) I was over here trying to hold it the fuck together when, uh... when (laughs) When in the chat, uh... Seth, uh, Rich Hogan said, uh, that failed dive will live forever. I was trying to hold the fuck together and then you actually brought it, and he actually mentioned that loud, and I was like, alright, I, I can't <laughs> I can't <laughs>
2: um,
0: Seth, Seth Rich Rogan, he did, in fact, top rope, catch a vibe. Yes. yes. I, yes. He did. What kind of vibes he
1: did is, Uh, look, um I think there's a role for him as a heavy, obviously. Um like, if someone like Trench could get a spot, he could get a spot. Um, I think, in a way, we're kind of past that kind of thing, except for getting, like, you know, a little heat here and there in pro wrestling. Like, if Sora wants to do that favor for him, cool. I have no problem with it. Um, I don't think he has stepped the line so far that, like, people can't do bits with him if they so choose. Um, what I will say is, though if they if he comes into AEW, there are some things that I would like to see him do in AEW. uh and I think I tweeted about it but like one of the first things I would like to see him do is I would like to see him on BTE and I would like to see him uh like interact with the Young Bucks I would like to see the Young Bucks give him a pair of shitty uh pandas uh as a present and he got a and he got a he got a grin and bi- he got a gr- he got a smile through it cuz look man you you, you were taught. Talk- look he was he he didn't say anything that was that crazy, but it was like, he's clearly taking shots at these people that he doesn't know for no, for no good reason. And it's like, this is the reason why as a, you shouldn't throw this kind of stuff for no good reason. Like the whole thing where he got heat with the locker room for saying, like after a bunch of people got fired before they're like, we can cut promo. So we don't worry about that kind of stuff. It's like, Bro, it wasn't think, about that, man. This ain't about that. Like, this is people getting fired because this is a because you work for a a conglomerate, right? Like, you work for a corporation. And corporations are heartless. They don't give a fuck about how good or what value you actually bring. They're car- They they're worried about how to, um, make more money for themselves because they're greedy bastards. And like, so it came off as you know very similar to like the stuff that Braun Strowman said about. Uh, the indie scene a couple years back. Like you just seem like a person that doesn't understand, that doesn't know or understand the people that are like kind of helped pave the way for you that you were unaware of because this wasn't like the thing that you started off in. And like you don't necessarily uh owe these people your career because obviously you got there based off your own, you know, God given abilities and what God blessed you with in far size or whatever else. But like it would it would it would help you in the long run to have some self-awareness humility that's like hey like there are there are going to be winners and there are going to be losers and like not to count on the losers because the lose who winning winning and losing in this game comes down to the whims of one 70 year old person that's out of his fucking mind
0: the margins are this close
1: right so yeah like um people got off in his ass uh with the jokes or whatever else because hey, you know yo. I not know to finish the sentence. People got off in his ass with the jokes. I, I didn't just stop right there. That's crazy, right? <laughs> We're going to be doing this for the rest of the year. Damn you, Mace. Damn you, Cameron. Anyway. Breaking news. Uh,
0: yeah. Katsuhiko Nakajima is leaving Pro Wrestling NOAH at the end of October. Really? Really. Uh, that apparently, according to the chat.
1: Wow. So, um...
0: I, I I hope uh, he's not reporting to Orlando. I hope he is not uh, going to going to QAnon.
1: He a too old, he'd be a little too old to be showing up uh, in the PC. Also, he kicked too hard to be showing up in the PC. I don't want to see Nakajima in uh, in the PC. Say, hey, can you not can you not do what you do that makes your matches go? That would be a. He will terminate
0: would a- his contract with Pro Wrestling Noah. His last match will be on October 20th and October 28th.
1: Wow. That's crazy. Like they just did the whole like Axis Reunion as like the thing that was like holding Noah together as far as drawing and selling merch with the t shirts and everything. That's that stinks. Um maybe,
0: maybe he can jump to Shindy Hall
1: I would like that. Um you know, like they had him they had him lose early. Like I think it's I think uh, Jake Lee's first defense was against uh was against was against Nakajima. And it's like, hey man, like your defenses are pretty good, but like that n one Jake Lee had. Aside from his last match, I it obviously it was better than Evil, but it, like it wasn't much better than the Evil G one run, which lets you know, like Jake Lee, just like I thought, he ain't got it. Like these people are carrying him to these matches in these title defenses.
0: That, that sounds strikingly similar to Carry On Cross. Um, um, but I, uh, he, you know, I I'd love to see him in AEW. you know, we, we always use some more Japanese wrestlers.
1: I mean, he came over, he came over and did, um, I think an indie show or two in the last year or so. Yeah. Like Mayor Fuji also did too. Um, I think it was maybe Garden State. I can't remember, but yeah. Um, whatever, what he wants to do. Um, if he ends up somewhere else, that'd be cool. Um, it'd be funny if he showed up in all Japan. It'd be funny. It's like Jake Lee leaves from Noah, goes to, or it's like leaves from All Japan, goes to Noah, and like they're, and like Noah outside of the, the, the Muda bye bye stuff, like they're, they're struggling like crazy. And like all of a sudden, when no Jake Lee around, all of a sudden, like All Japan, like has quickly, like more or less surpassed Noah this year. With, once you throw out the, the, the Tokyo Dome from, from Muda, that has, that's a singular thing that will not be replicable you know in future years like it's interesting it's like a lot of Ewing theory there with with uh, with Big Jake <laughs> Lee
0: um but yeah i'll go through the rest of this list Emma gone uh Rick Boogs gone Aaliyah gone who wants to walk with Elias gone walk your ass out the company um
1: Riddick Moss, uh, can won. we can we can we circle back to Elias yeah so, uh, before we had the discord, we really like did a lot of trafficking on Facebook and a wrestling group called the wrestling Sword circle. And, um, there was a, one of the most toxic, uh, like pro WWE fans, a person that like bought a gender Mahal, Mah, the Maharaja shirt after he won the title McCann fifty the 50th WWE champ world champion. That when Elias came around was like, why are they pushing this Finn Balor guy? This makes no sense. He's small. Elias is huge. He has big muscles. Uh, and he was dead serious. It wasn't a joke. He was dead serious. Like, and, I, and I explained to him, like, dude, like, we're in a time where, like, the best draws in combat fighting are Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. You know, a, a guy, to, a guys that fight at Walter Weights. Like, one of them fights at 147. The other one fights at 160 something. What are we talking about as far as you, you the, the size of the shit? Like, it's about who's charismatic and who's not. Not to say that Elias wasn't, because obviously with the, with the, you know, the, the whole, uh, knockoff rock concerts thing, he definitely had a buzz for him in 2016 uh, to 17. Definitely did. Um, or sorry, 2017, 18. Definitely yeah. did. But like the dude was absolute zero in the ring. He had a V trigger and elbow drop and nothing else. Um, and, you know, it just didn't work outside for him doing the promo thing and he can never, you know, be able to get into video or music or programs with other people. Meanwhile, like, you know, Finn Out is still around. He's in one of the most popular factions in the promotion. He's been down, he sent back down to New, or NXT and came back. Um, he's feuded with people the, like that wanted to work, work, work with him, like Seth Rollins, like Edge. Um, like, I don't recall anybody wanting to work with like Lias or, uh, his cousin, Ezekiel. I don't recall any of that over the last three years or so. I seem to recall it like basically once the pandemic happened, he never he never was a factor on TV ever again, really, except for the stupid thing. Right? That we're like, Kevin Owens is making fun of how stupid this whole thing is by losing his mind over how dumb this Ezekiel Elias thing is. So, yeah, um, take the L.
0: Big time, L.
1: I'm sorry for being petty and bringing up this shit from 2017. It was like I remember having this conversation. Like, are you, how do you mind? Like, that was was certified. Like, he just he was he was I wrote drawing a NXT. I I, I saw these two people in the same promotion, and one was a draw. The other one was just a comedy guy. What are we talking about? You think on a bigger stage, going to anything's going to be different? What's changed? They, Nothing. Oh, okay.
0: They. I remember writing a column before his match with Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank 2018, oh and I was like, we're going to finally get the answer in yep. this match because forever they had kept him out of pay-per-view matches, kept him out of singles matches. And I was like, kept this out is of happening.
1: Hours of shows.
0: Oh, yeah. That man was like the original bottom of the hour uh, yep. guy that we started noticing. Uh, but it was like, we're going to get the answer and there's a reason they're doing all this. All you have to do is pay attention and then we found out. <laughs> so it was never the same again. Riddick Moss. This guy was in WWE for Ten years, James. Um, You would think he's made for WWE, but I guess not.
1: Great physique, tried hard, seemed to be someone that um, the people in the back liked a lot. Like, Paul Heyman, look, Paul Heyman liked him so much, he went out there and and lied about him being, like, the next Roman Reigns-level main eventer or whatever else. Uh, But whatever. Um, It didn't work out for him, and uh, that stinks. And if he wants to continue in pro wrestling, I don't mind it because, like, people like him. People like him and he tries hard. Like that little thing he did a couple years ago with uh, with, with um, McIntyre, I enjoyed. Like he, those two tried hard. Like the dude just doesn't have any credibility because he's he's older and he's been and you know he's still he's not like a great wrestler in the ring. But it's like, so like people, yeah. enough, people, enough people gave him a chance. Enough people talked about him highly to be like, okay, I I can see giving him a chance somewhere. Where would that would be if he wants to continue? I don't know. Like if it's an Impact or an ROH, sure. AW, too many people right now.
0: I'm going to be petty too, James. You ever saw any geeks on Twitter gassing up that madcap shit? Ask them how about it now. Oof. And you know who that's for.
1: Oof. Oh, so speaking of that, I thought about that as far as like the madcap thing or whatever else. Um, how many more waves? Well, I'm not going to say it that well. I'll ask this. Uh, how much longer um, does Baron Corbin have? How much more time does he have left for us before he, make, before he eventually he gets cut?
0: You know, I feel like I Baron don't think Corbin. He, I don't think
1: he has 24 months left in him.
0: Um, I, I think Corbin is kind of. I think him being tall.
1: Yeah, sure. Here's my question. What does he contribute to WWE that Dolph Ziggler hasn't? Not a goddamn thing.
0: Well, right. he, he's, a, he's a lot younger than Dolph Ziggler. Cool. Uh, he's not not that much younger. He's cool. probably like cool. thirty seven. Cool. He's thirty
1: eight. Look at what Dolph Ziggler accomplished by the time he was thirty seven in his company, and look what Baron Corbin has accomplished at the time when he's that age. Obviously, he's long. He's longer. Whatever but you want to compare tenure length, you want to compare whatever. Sure, he's had a, he's been around and up on the Mayoral since two thousand eighteen. I think.
0: I think Vince McMahon likes him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Vince Man likes everybody though. I, I, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm hoping or wishing for it. I'm just saying, like, you look at the people that are, like, next to go, and they, a lot of this comes down to people that we think, a lot of them, like, we'll let these people go, and we definitely think, don't think they're going to show up in New Japan on Strong and going to pop a number for them at a, and then pop a house number, and we definitely don't think they're going to show up in AEW and make a difference. Baron Cobb would not make a difference in AEW at all.
0: At all. Shelton Benjamin. Um... 48 years old older than I thought I didn't think he was that old I was shocked To find out That he came back To WWE in 2017 People liked His hurt business stuff Yeah People perpetually Wanted this guy To get more opportunity hmm Hey He got that of his money
1: Yep Um Dana Brooke I will say this He's a person That loves to wrestle He you know He went to Japan He was wrestling In Noah And in other places In New Japan Or whatever else Uh so like if he, you know, he's older now, he'll obviously, you know, have a schedule compared to what he was, what he was doing back then. But, you know, I think he'll still be around and we'll see him pop up from place to place. And I, and, and people, people have a, um, people have a, a nice feeling of nostalgia with Seldon Benjamin. So like, I don't, you know, he popped up an AEW to like, to go come in for a shot and lose somebody like how RVD did recently. Um, uh, before he got, you know, signed recently, like I have no let problem.
0: let him go that. crazy.
1: I have no problem with him showing up and having some match with like Roderick Strong or whatever. I have no problem with that at all.
0: Dana Brooke around for a very long time.
1: Yeah. You know, never, it never panned out. It, it just
0: did. It should have. I remember like when she saw I was like, oh, she's like this, like, like she looked like just super athletic, but it never actually translated into wrestling.
1: So you were watching NXT the Time. I wasn't. I remember you, you, you said like she might got something. And I remember watching her and I was just like, I don't see what he see. Um, and like, the weird thing about it is, like, so many reports and so many people, like, spoke so highly of her and how hard she worked to try to get better at this. And, like, this is, like, the proof is, like, it's not, you know, when people talk about, you know, these players, these basketball players or whatever else, like, you know, why can't they just improve their jumper? Hey man, like, the creator sometimes only hits you with, with your, in your bars, they're only able to extend to this particular level on the, on the meter thing, like, of the shot, like, you you know, your your attributes or whatever else. You can only clock out at certain thing. Like, you can't get to 100. The most you can get it to is 75. She was never able to go above a certain level in regards of how hard she tried, and she's been around doing it for a long time, and it's just unfortunate. Also, she dated Enos Cantor, or sorry, Enos Freedom. That's also, you know, that's also yeah. interesting. Yeah.
0: At least she's married to some MMA fighter now, so maybe there's a type there. <laughs>
1: Um, I mean that type was that that, that that type definitely screams Fox News. If if you go from that to that, yeah, definitely. I guess she go she gonna go she can go out with a CrossFitter after this? A pro CrossFitter.
0: <laughs> she probably knows a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh Mansoor and Mace. What's was up.
1: A a Rogan Knight?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um
0: Mansoor and Mace. Now, these guys like went crazy on a stream together. Um uh, I heard they were just like just heard, shooting the shit.
1: I heard something about some uh some Seth slander, which also matched up to some stuff I've also heard about Seth.
0: Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Um Yes. So I'm not gonna get into that, but uh Mansoor, Um all I want to know is does Big MBS know know about this? Was was Big MBS told I, that Mansoor is no longer in wrestling anymore. Because, you know, I I don't think Big MBS knows about AEW or anything.
1: He may not be in wrestling today. He may not be in wrestling tomorrow. But when they go to Saudi Arabia, I bet his ass will be in wrestling then. And I bet his ass will be out here picking up that Big W. So, yeah. um, You know. I I wouldn't have fired him just for the fact we're like, you're already in there with them. Like, give these people what they want. They want to see Mansoor win. So since and
0: apparently, there there was a there was a um, you know, an in, in edict that said that man was not allowed to lose in NXT. Hilarious!
1: Wow, it's crazy.
0: Um, Quincy Elliot. All right, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just be one hundred. Is Quincy Elliot who
1: I think it is? Boy. Yes. Okay.
0: I saw people when this guy emerged on the scene on Twitter, acting like you were the ones that were weird. If you didn't get what was going on here, that you were the problem for not understanding or seeing that I saw no pro wrestling appeal in in Quincy Elliott. Um, You know, I think I'm not saying like, Hey, he shouldn't do this for a living. I'm not saying anything like that. This just wasn't like, I just don't see how what he was attempting to do was going to get over with an audience.
1: So at this level. So uh, Dr. Larry says Mabel 2.0. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I get why you're saying that from the, like just the basic nothing bolts of the look um but I gotta say like I don't imagine a time where where, where uh Quincy Elliot and his protege will be rocking the United Center like that SummerSlam with with, with Mo in in Mabel i I just don't <laughs> see it I don't fucking see it I'm sorry it's not in the cards not in the cards.
0: On top of all the problematic stuff that I've heard about um with this gentleman mm. um good riddance um Toonday, shanky, and then
1: remember when that man debuted at Russell fucking Mania, yes. They brought that man out to be the Deus Ex Machina to take the IC belt off of Big E, and that, then that led to Big E getting that bullshit title reign. That where they they left them to oh, we're gonna make you champion, except like you'll just hold the belt and we'll treat you like shit. So yeah, thanks, thanks. Also, uh, quick, quick question does uh, Does Apollo still got have the have the fake put on the Nigerian accent, or is he talk like how he normally used to talk? Now, I don't know.
0: Well. I thought he went back to NXT, so I don't. I don't know if you know when you change universes, does it stay or not? Okay. Um, did
1: did he have to like? Did he have to go to like the same like judge that had to decide the stuff for, for Kofi Kingston and his accent or no?
0: Um. Yes, because it was Triple H. So, um.
1: Wait. Wait a minute. What, what happens to your accent? That shit is hilarious. That shit's hilarious. He's like, hey man, I'm tired of doing this fake accent. I'm not even, I'm like, I am Ghani and I'm not Jamaican. I'm tired of, I'm, stop putting, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this stereotypical shit. All right, well, let's make a joke out of it. How do we get out of this? You right, can stop doing that shit. Let's say, let's say we're, called call it scamming. I call it scamming. I was never, I was never, that's actually kind of brilliant in a way. It's kind of brilliant like put fun in like the part where like, this man's gonna stop doing this shit and we're gonna move on. Except like, his music will sound still be fucking j- <laughs> <laughs> For years and years. <laughs> and he still call these, these fucking, Caribbean tropical colors and shit.
2: Bro, can hey, we get this man some Afro beats now or something? Some, to some to man, up what to the, the fuck?
1: Kofi Everson knew they was still dressing like, still dressing like the colors that Young was rapping about. Whirlwind, nigga. Chevy <laughs> Paint, Tropical we Weaver Way and Way. Oh my god. Yeah, man. Uh
0: lots of releases.
1: Yeah, lots of releases. Anything else we just move on from here? Cause I, mean, I think it's the best people get it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh um, Malia, she was around oh, for, for yeah. ten years. Absolutely sucked.
1: Yeah, Um, I I think the best, I think the best tweet I saw about this was from Sierra. Sierra said, uh, like, someone said, like, damn, like, W wasted her whole 20s. And then Sierra responds, like, just like a man. I was like, now, Sierra, you, come on, man. Like, we, we just trying to, we just trying to have a conversation, you know, trying to be nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, we, we ain't had to hold this,
1: you know, you
0: didn't have to leave us with this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I said to Sierra, "Not come on." She goes, "Did did I, what did, did I say anything wrong?" I was, I, I, I didn't respond. She was right. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: bro, um, I think it's like I think they should really seriously consider like overhauling the NXT program as a staff record label and crew. There were so many people on that list that were produced by the Performance Center that amounted to less than nothing. Um, they'll get their five people out of like 150 and call it a success. Right. But you would have to think there's a more efficient way to do this. Um, And Endeavor is probably looking at NXT like I, I look never and I mean never show Endeavor the NXT books and then um, you know have Triple H try to sell them on why we need to keep this around like because it's going to be like
1: um, don't none of this add up. We got ten years. Look at the damage. Now, don't get me wrong. Like developmental is meant to be a money loser, right? Correct. But you ain't got to lose as much money, right? So downscale this, right? So you know you, you you're definitely you definitely have a point. Um, and you know you look around and you look at uh the Naga Gym, you look at L.A. Dojo, um, you look at. Everybody you know, you know, whether it's Takamishinoku and JTO, um Kigetsu, Mayu, Hazuki, like you look at the people that churn out wrestlers all around the world and it's like, how come seemingly every place that produces wrestlers churn out wrestlers better than the than the worldwide leader? Like a, a far better like hit rate. It's it's just weird, man. It's really weird. So Like think um, of Rich. Oh okay. Do you remember do you remember Lady C's first like her her when she was a rookie? How like how pathetic of a wrestler she was? Uh, I don't remember how okay. bad it was really for her. She it was bad. It was bad. But like how many people you look at what she has been like the last eighteen months or whatever else, and it's like how many wrestlers and how many wrestlers at the PC produce that have like better cage matches than her? You know what I mean? Like it's just And that, and that's just Lady C. Like, come on, man. Like Clark Connors and and, you know, Kid and you know. You you're you're more Freaking, you know, Gene Blast and even Watto, even Watto. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, this is a, uh, it's a barren wasteland in a lot of aspects. You know, they'll teach you
1: how to lift some weights, though. Yeah, definitely. They won't teach you how to. They won't teach you ACL. You know? Yeah, or fuck up your shoulder. Yeah. Um. So there
0: was another pro wrestling show. Um. That happened this week. Uh. It was from. A new company, uh, American Joshi company called Skabon, S- S- I believe is called, or Sukebon, S- yeah, Sukebon. But I'm sure they, you know, like the pronunciation is like ske or yeah. yeah something, look, yeah.
1: look, yeah. we're we'll, American. We're, we're
0: learning. For, well, look, we're
1: know, American. When like, look, when our when our Japanese brothers like pronounce our American names, they don't they don't have this huge like. Thing about making their, their words sound American. They do it the best they can in, the, in, in their tongue. I don't feel the same. I don't feel like I need to, because they have to do it that way, I don't feel need that we have to try to attempt to butcher their language. I'm sorry. I'll do Zach it the best saving I can. Us
0: with, Zach, saving us with the pronunciation. It is Skabon. Okay. Okay. Um So, they ran their first show this week. It was live on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, I pulled up the TikTok as it was happening i was like i can't exactly do this because it's like not like uh like the refresh rate was stream like it was okay awful. stream it, was like, awful
1: you couldn't uh, hold yeah. it on on one tw- or uh on uh 1080 if you put it this 720 it you might drop frames or might boot you out you had to just put it to auto or put it to like 360 yeah yeah so that i was like i'll From just get the pc it when- not the phone the pc Oh, okay. Or I was using the phone. Yeah. I
0: was using the phone when I when I pulled mine up. So I was like, eh, I'll it, just wait. Yeah. So luckily the, the, the video link popped up on YouTube uh, a little while later. Yeah. So a couple of days that's later. That's the the current version I had. So like overall what I was watching, like, um, so I had uh quite a busy weekend. I was in Massachusetts over the weekend. Uh I flew back Sunday and I had, you know, connecting flights and stuff like that. So I got home and I was like, all right. It's only 90 minutes, so I'm going to watch this thing. Uh, but, you know, I guess I was jet lagged and it caught up to me and I fell fell asleep during the middle of the third match. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but- I can
1: see when that match put you to sleep, too.
0: <laughs> so um, I I thought this thing was interesting. Um I think it is a cool thing in a, in a company that is worthwhile and should exist. Yeah, and if there's something to open just more um, spots for uh, Japanese women's wrestlers uh, in a something they enjoy and they get paid and can ultimately like make money on whatever like you know small level this is like and kind of become some somewhat of like a novelty thing because. It it does not really feel like 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 pro wrestling. It like it has the outline of pro wrestling. Like yeah, there's time limits. There's factions. There's you know obviously wrestling matches yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. But it does not feel like it's a living, breathing. It's very contained to its own like universe. And I feel like right. you're gonna have to like pay attention to the lore. I think yeah. with this thing to really get the most out of it. Right. right? Um, I I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. Arista Nakajima coming out to mother. So like they had a bunch of uh non cleared music uh in this right. thing, which was pretty funny. Playing um, look,
1: playing the Pat Benatar and the Jones Jet. Yeah, I, look. Um, a lot of the aesthetic choices in the music I really enjoyed or whatever else. Um, and then we'll get into the wrestling later. But there's something there, like just from. There's something there just from the visual, like looking at the groups, looking at the groups' aesthetics, how distinct they are as as collectives and also inside of their um, unit, and also as individuals that stand out. Like Midnight Player on the Vandals makes all the sit owie lo- makes all the, sit- the world. Like she looks cool. Obviously, you know she has the Takumi a real haircut that we all fucking love. Yep. But it's like she looks she looks like somebody. And you want to see, and she looks mischievous, or, uh, mischievous, 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 that's the word, mischievous, like, I'm putting mysterious and what, mischievous, like, it looks, it, there's something there, like, seeing, um, dangerous lia- li- liaisons, all of them, except for maybe Risa, all of them, like, these are all badasses that will cut corners to get the job done. I, I can't wait to see what these evil motherfuckers do. I, I'm into that. Um. And then, like, the babyface uh, squads, like, uh, like the cherry bombs, and I think it's cherry bombs, and also, like, the, uh, the Harajuku stars. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, that makes a lot of sense. Like, you have Unagi, or uh, I think it's, uh, Sayaka Ishikawa, or I think it's
0: Ishikawa. Ichigo Sayaka.
1: Ichigo Sayaka. Okay. I was gonna call her Sayaka. So, and also, like, uh, Maya. Like yeah, that makes that they make sense. They go to they go together. Whatever else, the pretty girls with like almost like the Sailor Moonish type of uh, aesthetic. Would like they have similar outfits with the colors. Like I like I like the outfits and all that kind of stuff. Um, and like you know some of the some of the, and I really like the opening match with the comedy and it got over their their characters and their factions as far as like who they are and what they do and everything and you and and also uh, I forgot what Yoniyama's name is in in, in Tsukivan, but like it got over a lot of stuff. I just and I did like the post match angles for most of the stuff.
0: Otaku chan.
1: Otaku-chan, yeah, that's right. Because she has like the spinner cap or everything. I, I, I liked all of that. Um and I'm not necessarily like dying for this thing to be a knockdown drag out. I'm not expecting this to be a seatly main event, five matches in a row. Just not. Right? Um I just feel like they're doing they're doing storyline telling as far as like this person just came in, what faction they belong to. Do they want to join factions? And then you see, you know, and then you go from there also the descent or what led to the upset victory in the main event that leads to the title match between Nakajima and, uh, and Sayaka. Cool. They're telling stories in the ring, right? Like this is one of the things that like they didn't do with say, uh, nomads last year or two years ago. Um, I just wonder how, how, what rated these shows going to come at us to where we can actually like dig our teeth into actually getting a feel for it, actually is supposed to like, this is just the, the, the beginning. And we'll see from there. Cause like I'm lukewarm on the beginning. I'm willing to give this more, another chance. Uh, cause I did like the opener. I did like the, uh, the third match between, um, stray cat and midnight player. Uh, it was fun seeing the X was Konami. Um, it was funny also seeing Konami basing like a throwback to what her young girl gear was when she was, you know, uh, trained by and uh, working underneath Oscar uh, Kana, uh, but like you know, to see that kind of talent in the ring, to see Konami in um, in Takase. Teka- uh, I forgot what Takase's uh, name is. I was because it's Tekase Queen something.
0: of Hearts. Actually, no, Queen of Hearts. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Queen, Queen of Hearts. Of Hearts, Hearts. Something Takase. Yeah. Yep. Uh,
1: uh, to see her and and also uh, the third person there, and they have a match where they're just basically like they're going through the motions. Uh, yeah, and and in that three way, it was like that's disappointing because I know what Takase can do, I know what Konami can do. Like they're they're great wrestlers. So yeah, um, yeah. I thought but then the wrestling working. comes, the wrestling has to come around eventually, and I think it will. But because they're focused more on getting over the characters right now, but it's but um, and I don't necessarily mind that. I'm just like, okay, that's fine. This stuff's working so far for me to get. It's done enough for me to want to watch it again. But if it's going to be more of the same for the second thing, I, I might I might tap out.
0: Yeah, I think this will have an audience uh, that is looking for an entry point that maybe yeah. feels like stardom is too overwhelming with the amount of events that they yeah. have. And like the seemingly like very deep, uh, you know, storylines that yep. people were people just like, yeah, man, I they date
1: back I, to I other just, promotions.
0: Yeah, they're just like, yeah, I just can't you know, sit through whatever, but like I can imagine people if this catches like on YouTube or TikTok the right way, this actually kind of becomes something that I think a lot of hardcore Joshi fans will end up resenting.
1: Um I, <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> like, right. <laughs>
0: like they will we... see they be like, hold on this is people be like, man, I really like this stuff and like this is the stuff I you know, this is cool. Like right. and they be like hold on, why y'all ain't never like none of this shit like is it's gonna get yeah. real like you're something right. like that yeah. usher like that like that, 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 y'all 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 made this this shit for
1: them like <laughs> you're right i didn't even think about that but you're right um oh. you know like i think some of the lucha underground comparisons or uh glow the glow I, the glow i get from the aesthetic obviously the, the wrestling's still better yeah. um but the Lucha Underground is like, this is pretty self-contained. If they talk about like relationships people had in the past, they'll talk about it and making it to their storyline that's happening in front of you right now, as opposed to let's go back, let's go back, let's go back and have someone that, you know, on a podcast like this, explain what happened in, in Acres girls, right from 2006 or 17. So yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. And I think that, um, in whatever form or fashion, like, uh, this existing and this exceeding will be good because obviously we know what the situation is, how dire it is. Uh, the scene is in Japan, um, outside of stardom and Tokyo, District Pro. so yeah, like this is a way for them to, for a lot of these wrestlers or some of the best wrestlers in the world to continue, uh, being able to do this, uh, for a living as they're already probably, you know, working a, a full, a, a real gig as opposed to, you know, being pro wrestlers fine by me. Uh, and look, those the the matches or whatever else they'll come like I am not saying it's going to turn into, you know, um the fucking um grand prix or anything like that, but like they'll have banger matches and memorable matches based off of like these characters and their interactions and the fallout from them turning on each other and that kind of stuff. Like that's already instant right now. So they they as long as like the matches officially come, I think they'll do fine and obviously, you know, the bar is very low for the, for people that do not watch Joshi wrestling, um, as far as knowing how talented these people are. Like I'm sure they've heard of some of these people from you know the magazines or whatever else. People you know see the Joshi freaks talk, like us talk about these people in the Stardom or whatever else or whatever else. But it's one thing to hear it; it's another thing to finally see it. And if they have a Nakajima, or sorry, Commander uh, Nakajima. Russell at what she normally at her normal level that she does as as ceiling or hell let's say you put seventy percent on it she put a cap on it make it make it you know less violent or whatever else people are really going to enjoy what they see if she's the first champion um, so yeah uh, I'm I'm like I said I'm gonna give this uh, a chance or two more um, and like I like what I've seen in some aspects but like you know at this point like with all the wrestling that's around. Um, I think it's smart for them to have gone this route, as opposed to being like we're going to be, you know, a standard Joshi promotion uh, with young girls going out there getting their ass kicked and squashed out, and bringing you know you doing her normal you thing, as opposed to crush you. I I I think this is for the best. I think this is for the best. Now, I think there's a chance. I think this is more. What do you call it? Uh, this appeals to more. This has a chance to reach more people, a lot more people. So yeah. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, stardom, American version. It wouldn't. It does have to be ran like how I would run if I had a, a five million dollars in my back pocket, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that.
0: Um, yeah. So like, I, I, I'm gonna check out the rest of the show, and I'm gonna check out whenever they do a new one. Um, it looks expensive. It I'll doesn't. say that it does. Um, like they are booking buildings in New York. I think they drew like seven hundred fifty people. That's what um, they claim. That's what they say. It's yeah, the, I'm it, sure it, the attendance folks like JD, will run this down and
1: yeah, figure you gotta, it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 regularly talk to people like JD and Velcash that like look that, that will look at frame by or look at like year by year photos of venues and events of old numbers. And be like, hey bro, you saying this number is bigger than that old number? You look at these crowds. That crowd smaller than an old crowd? Or what, what's going on? Um yeah. so like, you know, that seven that seven thirty, that sounds dubious to me considering like how many uh tickets did that NWA all women's pay per view sell? Like a thousand, eleven hundred. It was
0: it was not great.
1: Right. You think that I don't i I'd be surprised. Obviously there were a different uh group of people involved with this, whatever it was, but to say that like they would do that high percentage uh compared to that, Obviously really, really surprised me. I don't know how many people would have to fly in to make this made make, make that work. Like, and also, I I it
0: would
1: have been everybody that we know, and we talked to on Twitter, had to fly in to get to the sound. <laughs> so,
0: like as I far would, as the Joshy shit, I think they gotta have, they gotta try to market this in a way to where it's like this New York thing, like that you you have to see while you're in New York, or uh, or staple like, or
1: stable it to like whatever big events are you know happening in pro wrestling, and yeah, hopefully grab somebody and be like, hey, I want to check this out. Right. Um, like, if you want to staple this to like you know. Uh, all out, you know, or double or nothing. Or I'm yeah.
0: wondering who who's behind this. Um, and I'm sure we'll eventually get more clarification on that. I feel like I have a couple leads I can follow that may get me close to the answer. So I'm going to probably try to follow up on that and see what the um, you know, kind of see what's behind this mm-hmm. if that's possible. But um yeah man so aw grand slam was last week um that was uh wednesday yeah um and it's an awesome show uh-huh. um and i thought like there was a lot of kind of hammering going into it um i was looking you know i wasn't necessarily a fan of like the whole tournament that happened with joe leading mjf and all that, uh, but the Claudio thing and Eddie sold itself to me. Uh, the Jericho and Sammy thing I was really up for. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me pull the uh, card up here.
1: Um, at least I know the beginning. The opening match was, uh, I believe, the opening match was the was a Claudio and Kingston match, and the second match was Jericho versus uh, versus uh, Yep.
0: This thing was like a mini pay per view, five matches. Yeah. Um, not a, a ton of like backstage stuff. So we opened I, with. Uh, I thought
1: they did get used to going backstage, like to get people to you know walk through the crowd or else, and then come back to the ring for match. Like I thought it was. I thought it was nice. It reminded me almost like of. It's not the exact way that like takeovers were done, but like in a way where it's like there's a match. Let's go. Let's cut to something quickly as a buffer, and then come back to the ring.
0: Yeah. So we started. Uh, with eddie kingston and claudio Castagnoli opening with the big all japan style entrances walking them in from the back um uh, you know saying what's up to their partners essentially and then heading out there dressed like masawa and kawada and yep. you know they went they went at it for 15 minutes there and uh, this ended with eddie kingston getting a big win over casanoli Winning the ROH World Title and uh, putting that with the New Japan Belt and Eddie Kingston two belts, uh, a guy that, that couldn't buy a win right. in his promotion a couple years ago. Yep. Um, do I wish it was for the actual AW World Title? Yes, especially um, now. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but like, I guess you know people people bought into the you know the ROH stuff, but I, I know deep down he wants the other one, uh, and I think that there's still enough in the tank to where people can celebrate this accomplishment and then still hope the other ones down the road uh, for Kingston somewhere. Cause that's kind of, yeah. I think like his, I think that's his career story arc now It's either that or like, you know, fighting Moxley along the way or, or whatever. Like if he wins it, do you think he has to win it from Moxley?
1: Um, not necessarily because like the, honestly the, the biggest thing would have been if like, he had won it off, off Hill MJF, but we're past that now. Um, or at least, like, got, got, got the match at least. Cause that would have been, oh my God. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I won at MJF title reign instead of this, but whatever. Um, but yeah, like, this was very satisfying. This was very fun. Love the match. Love the selling. Love the psychology. Um, just, you know, I love I love the part where it's like, you know, we talk about Julia and Tam and we talk about like people like Becky and Charlotte and talk about like the heat that's there or like the part where like they're so good at like the they're so good at what they do on screen that you can buy that they detest each other. Um, or, they, or or maybe they've had blows with each other but like the part where like at the end of the day like they're working in unison like mm-hmm. that one pay-per-view after Charlotte did the belt drop thing and then they show up and we ever thought everyone thought like Charlotte had all this heat on her and then they show up her and Becky and they have like matching thematic gear and then, like, everyone, you know, and Kingston always talks about, this is real, this is real, X, Y, and Z, and then, and how much he hates Claudio, or whatever or else, and then what do they do? These two bitches show up, and they wear, they matching Kawada and Masawa gear, like, you, 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 you fucking carnies, like, you, <laughs> Kingston's so heavy, Kingston's so heavy making everyone believe that everything is real, that he actually hates Claudio's guts to death over some fucking, uh, as, as, as um, as Mike said, social car bullshit, so, I, I just hey love the words like they they couldn't they couldn't help themselves but they but they expose the business. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> help themselves. This they're like this is our night, brother. We even run up these roads all these years. And we finally get to this big ass show, and it's time for me to put you for, for us to have our match, and I finally get you the big win or whatever else. Oh, let's let's do matching gear. they didn't even think of that. They, they, they didn't realize it. They they just gave themselves away. Yeah. Uh, it That's doesn't funny. matter, but it was it was so fun. It was it's so easy to believe them over all this time that like over these uh, over the last year that like they really don't. They really don't fuck with each other. C- Claudio di- just, like, dismisses that dude and has drove Kingston nuts over all these years. And he finally got the handshake from that man. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was a really fun moment. I really enjoyed it. Like, this is probably my favorite King- Kingston moment in AEW. And, you know, I've been somebody that was like, bro, he's got it. But they keep fucking beating him. And it's, it's fucking irritating me. Like, that Kingston keeps being put in position to fucking lose. And that Coney Khan Con doesn't realize that they can do something with this dude. Let him get some wins. So, yeah, like now that he's winning, I'm I'm very happy now because like it was like, why are they doing this to this dude? Don't they don't they hear this crowd? Don't they see don't they see this television that he keeps doing? Don't they hear these promos? Give this dude a shot. So yeah, I'm I'm really happy right now. It was a great moment And, like this, you know, this is my favorite Kingston man me- uh this is my favorite Kingston moment. Like the whole thing where he comes out there and he gets his, gets his shot in New York. I really enjoyed that. And I shout out to, uh, to Dan Coffin. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't talked to him about it, but like I'm happy that however happy he was for it, I'm happy for him too.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think Claudio did like a, a really great job, um, yeah. between like last year's Grand Slam and this one, uh, you know, kind of getting like to show his, his value, um, and being like a, a model wrestler uh the whole time in the ring out the ring and like you can you can launch him elsewhere now um you know (laughs) and and keep doing like cool matches to where like he's this mountain that people need to climb over so um you know it's right up his alley um up next we had chris jericho taking on sammy guevara in a match that I had wanted to see for a long, long time. And for me, it did not disappoint. I was I was totally into this thing. And I was like, just wondering what would happen. I thought it was so cool. Uh, shout out to my man montez He got to uh, perform uh, Sammy Guevara's song.
1: I didn't realize uh, that, that was him rapping over all these years. I had no idea.
0: Yep. Um, so I thought it sounded really good. Um You know, sometimes you get people rapping on the songs and there's like, you know, the stadium, like the timing is off. Like, you know, he had that shit. So shout out to him. Um, And Sammy comes out with the light jacket, kind of like Jericho. Right. Uh, I I like that touch. He basically shows up in like uh, WrestleMania 19 Jericho gear kind of. And this is like almost a a redux of that entire
1: match. The post-match
0: definitely. And it was just like, I, I thought this was a really cool finish, shooting star press into the code breaker. Um, you know, Sammy was picking Jericho up. Um, you know, throughout the match, Jericho was like hanging right there with him. Uh, this thing was wrestled as a babyface, babyface match. But we, you know, find as often times at the end of a babyface, babyface match, something happens. Like, <laughs> so uh, Jericho ends up getting to win. Um, and, I did. I was like, "Oh wow, he won!" And you know, I was like, "All right, cool." And then Sammy, like, I could just tell they were just standing in the ring too long. I was like, "Bro, he's gonna, he's gonna do something." Like, there's got to be something that happens here. What do you know? He kicks the man in the groin. Uh, I all the WrestleMania 19 stuff comes flashing back to me, mm-hmm. and it's like, man, this is the end of Jericho and Sammy. Really, after four years in this company, I was like. All right, let's do it. Like, and you know, Don Callis comes strolling out, and I'm like, "Wow!" Like the the the, the sales pitch worked. And then I start thinking, "This nigga Kenny Omega is a genius." He's like, all right, this you know, I'm about to one by one hand select this heel factory when I got this fucking belt next year. <laughs>
2: I'm gonna fight Sammy, Tekeshu, and Osprey, and whoever else.
0: <laughs> but this this uh this Callous unit is growing by you know the month seemingly. Um, uh, I like the move for Sammy. I I did like the fact that he was a babyface and turned you know a lot of those reactions around that people I, you know thought were really dug in. Like, yeah. I think he did a good job this summer of like you know. Reminding people, like, "Hey, man, I'm raw in the ring," and th- people weren't gonna hold up the the weird hate of him forever. I felt like, and he did a good job with that. Could he remain baby babyface longer? I think that would have been good. But yeah. Jericho's done a lot of yo-yoing himself, uh, like as far as like you know losing matches and then alignment and stuff like that. And maybe it's good for him
1: to be a babyface for a little while. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, you know, I, for a while I've been into like the idea of having to help like re rebirth the tag team division, like Guevara in, and, um, in and, uh, Garcia. And then, you know, they talked about like, you know, we're going to have a match and then we're going to have, you know, and then we're going to, you know, reform the sex guys. I was like, okay, I'm cool with that too. Uh So, I, you know, I was actually into that and like, that was a part of the, 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 the part where it's like, okay, he's turning hell. That sucks. He took that from me. You asshole. So good job. Um, yeah. Like that's a killer. That's a killer crew. If Gavir is your third best worker, <laughs> that's a good fucking faction. So, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with it. Um, I, and then like my immediate thoughts is like, oh, so they finna have, they finna have Jericho. They could be like, they're gonna have Jericho. And, and Omega like team up to go get this nigga callous and I'm like I'm with that too <laughs> go, go so, beat his ass look, v-, tr- look this. v trigger that man and put that man into the walls
0: <laughs> or or uh, V trigger or excuse me give him the, um, the the Judas effect and on the way down Kenny's timing that man perfect with the V trigger
2: <laughs> that's what you do <laughs> to the side of the head
0: um so yeah, you mentioned uh the uh alignment. So on Rampage, uh Kenny Omega actually saved Chris Jericho from from a ass whooping mm. from Sammy Guevara and mm. um Kenoska and um ran him off with a chair or in Callus or whatever. And um uh, they are teaming up. This now.
1: Jericho finally shows him on BTE. Uh
0: he's I think he's been on there before.
1: Oh, he seems to avoid that stuff like the plague. Like he's like, "Hey, bro! Like rampage only, only announcing brother." Like <laughs> yeah. BTE. I'm not doing that shit.
0: <laughs> but um, he, uh, you know, they're doing a, a trios match. It's Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, and Kota Ibushi against Will Ospreay, yep. Kenosuke Takeshi, and Sammy Guevara. I did yep. not know such a RLPW match would could ever exist. Like. This has got to be in the top 5% of those. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Like, this is booked for me. Um, Also, there was news of Chris Jericho versus Konosuke Takesha happening in DDT. Um, And it broke over
1: the weekend, right? uh,
0: That that got booked. Like, so it hasn't happened yet. But.
1: No, but I mean, like, it got announced like, over the weekend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um,. That another promotion for Chris Jericho to go to. I, I don't think he's ever been to DDT before, so um,
1: you is know, he, is, is he going to partake? Cause, no keep in mind, like he knows about DDT because like back in the day, like the first time I ever heard of it, right? Uh, <sighs> this was you know they had Sammy Zayn and Adrian Neville on Talk is Jericho, and they talked about the uh, the Kota Ibushi Yoshihiko match, right? Mm-hmm. And Jericho's like, wait, what? There's a guy that's out here wrestling blow up doll, and this before we knew who Abushi was. And I was like, that's that's kind of fucking sick. And then we see Abushi for the first time, and then we find out that like he's wrestled the blow up doll, and he's having he's having a fucking great match with the blow up doll. I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like this promotion does this kind of goofy shit, uh, DDT, and it's like, this, 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 has, does Jericho remember this? Like, has he put the two together that this is the this is the blow up doll promotion? I don't know but like is he going to watch the undercard as he's there and be like what in the fuck is going on why are they teabagging each other what is happening bro,
0: I think it's Chris Jericho he's be like bro let that man do more than one DDT show I guarantee you that man do some foolishness that man do anything to get over it Look,
1: man I ain't trying to see Jericho and pheromones I'm just not I'm, I'm, I, I can't, I can't you right trying now. to see him on a bicycle I, no I'm not, I don't want to see him on a bicycle either in fact, what I want to see is is uh, a on the bicycle, and then slapping and slapping Takagi's ass, uh, or slapping the shit out of him some more. That's what I want to see. Um, Look, Chris anyway.
0: Jericho definitely wants to do a train fight. Definitely <laughs> wants to do one of those.
1: We we haven't talked about that, but like that was funny. Like the, like the Minoru Suzuki, uh, Takagi matches where like they fight in these weird venues over and over, and then all these, all these fucking sight gas keep happening. It's like. Cause the Tokyo Dome one is like when they ran into the Chinsky Nakamura dude and just the shit out that man. Uh, I think well, didn't Aja Kong sing the national anthem? Yes. It, yeah, like they and then this one was had like Kensuke Bachi is a tr- is a fucking ticket ticketer Giving on, on the bullet train. Like, keep my I was on a bullet train, uh, back and forth from uh, Tokyo to Nagoya uh, when I was over there. Like, can you imagine? It had unwittingly, like, they decided to do that shit that week and all. Of a sudden I'm like, fuck, that, is, that, is that is that is that kids a <laughs> 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 What the fuck is going on? What's happening? What's
2: wrong with this? What are these sights?
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, man. Uh, it was funny as hell to see, but uh, yeah, man. Like, it's gonna be some shenanigans. Like, like I will. It's gonna be interesting to see if Jericho wants to partake in the shenanigans. He can, they'll they'll let him if he wants to, but I don't know. Jericho might be like, "Bro, I'm too old for this shit." I don't know. We'll see. It before yeah. I think it would buy him a lot of goodwill if he was with the shenanigans.
0: Yeah. Um. So up next we have Ray Phoenix taking on John Moxley for the AEW International Championship. Um. Dale. uh ray phoenix with the championship here um uh, there was a lot that went into this whole thing between um uh before all out phoenix getting ridden off by the bcc with the injury stuff. So he's back here uh then john Mossley going down injured during the match catching a front flip off the um uh dive off the stage uh mox got his got his bell rung by that, and he wasn't right the whole match. Uh, Then there was a big refereeing error at the end where Knox just, like, doesn't count three for whatever reason. It's like, I I don't know what happened.
1: Yeah. He said, count it, and then I guess Knox was like, nah, you playing. Yeah,
0: like, like, nah, I ain't counting shit, but he was like um and then phoenix like picks him up again dumps him again and then you had all the nastiest agendas oh my god i could just see it from a mile away you know they loved their john moxley james like they loved in, in a back. different way he in a different way a he's not coming back b aw broke up the shield deal with it um so <laughs> that's all it is. But that's the reason I
1: say they ain't coming back. We're yeah. not doing. We're not doing the tenth reunion of the Shield.
0: Yeah. So why? Why you sent out slowed down videos of the wrong move, Ryan Satin? Um, uh, that that actually hurt him. Um, uh, you know, injuries happen in wrestling. He, he he got his head bust catching a dive. Good. Th- well, you know this wouldn't have happened to the Miz because Miz wouldn't have caught the dive. Like this would have been Phoenix that would have fell. So this is a tough sport. It's a tough business. Uh, He was concussed, but it didn't sound like it was anything that is going to put him out for a really long time. It's unfortunate to see anyone get hurt, but uh, they switched the match seemingly on the fly and Phoenix gets the international championship. And thank God, like I think it actually works out kind of better this way because it's like, all right, we've seen John Masu with championships in AEW, and it's not bad or anything, but it's like, yo, you can you can do something and and kind of legitimize Phoenix's career a little bit and be like, yo, if you treat it with care, you can have this guy go out and have a bunch of incredible matches and literally do what John Moxley and Hangman did. You have Moxley come back later on after this guy's defended the belt like six times or whatever and gone crazy with it. And I'm, I'm saying, like, book him versus Vikingo. Book him versus fucking, like, you know, give him another big win against somebody. Like, have Sammy Guevara challenge him and lose or something like that. Like, let this man go, go nuts or whatever with it. And, you know – offset some of the this meme wrestling that's that's at the top of the card. L- let's keep that international
1: belt pure, you know. Bro, uh so to say. Bookham versus literally anyone. Like I for years now at this point, I have lamented that how automatic that Phoenix and Penta are as singles wrestlers or as tag or as a tag, you know, or as a trios with with uh Pack in um Death Triangle, that is like they often seem to be unappreciated in ways where it's like, oh, they'll go out there and they'll have their, their four to f- four to five star match or whatever else in a big spot on pay per view. And then like they'll win or they'll lose. And then it doesn't really matter. They'll just be put into the next thing and we'll just move on. Um, and not to say not, they don't get storylines, they do, right? They get, fe- they get feuds all the time. They're not elaborate feuds or anything, but they're feuds nonetheless. They get used. I'm not saying they're not used, but I've always felt that like, you know, similar to, <clears throat> best friends as a trios, they're just like kind of put there to go out there and lose at, at, at times as singles. And I'm like, hey man, like Phoenix is one of the most automatic wrestlers I've ever seen. You in when Penta and Penta somehow like even though he's in one of the greatest tag teams of all time as a single wrestler, he's better than he is as a as a uh, as a tag wrestler. Even though he's had some of the best tag matches I've ever seen in my life, so. I've always been like, hey, don't just like, don't just poo poo this. You have an actual chance if you want to to like push that dude to be your be the Rey Mysterio Jr. for AEW, Phoenix, um, and you know this happened on accident, but they can make this and legitimize him as someone that like had him in, had him in the room with the title, and you could put him in tag or sorry, you put him in singles matches for belts in the future and sell those on paper or not pay per view, maybe on pay per view, maybe on. Um, on TV or whatever else, like he's that level of talent where it's like he, you know, like that Viking and Omega match that happened earlier, how they popped the a ring, whatever else, you could absolutely pop ratings with Phoenix in a, a, as a challenger because of how ridiculous of insane the stuff he's done over the years and the work he's put in. Like he is a he is a uh, what do you call it? Uh, he's a cornerstone wrestler for this for his company. Right, like he's a, or he's part of the nucleus. I do not say cornerstone. Like I'm not saying he's Jericho, huh? but like James. he's a, he's part of the nucleus of like why this thing has worked or whatever else. And like I'm glad that he finally got a singles title. It's long overdue. Like when the, when the Aircom or sorry, the international title or All Atlantic title at the time was announced. Like my first ideas was like put it on Ray Phoenix and let him go and let him tour the world and have killer matches everywhere because he's one of the best wrestlers or best talents in this in professional wrestling. So I'm I'm happy it happened. And like, we'll see what they do for with this for now. But if they let him go out there and do his thing, he's going to rip it up. He's going to make it real hard. Uh He's going to make it real hard for a lot of fans or like when they get back to the Moxley thing because it should go back to Moxley. But people are actually going to feel bad for him and it could add on to like the kind of heartbreak it was when, you know, Orange Cassie lost it where it's like, now you really, really, really don't like Moxley as a heel. And he's obviously always going to have his fans he's Moxley. But like, it's gonna be. It could be a beneficial. It could be like the like the U.S. title run was in 2015 for Cena, where like he's giving these guys chance to to like jump, you know, jump up the card and you know have spotlight, showcase matches, wrestling a actual top guy.
0: James, I'll t- take this a bit further than you when it comes to Ray Phoenix. Th- Ray Phoenix. Obviously, you know, we we follow Dave Meltzer and you know all the matches that he's given five stars. Ray Phoenix is ranked number 17 all time with nine five-star matches or above. Okay. Nine. He's okay. ranked 17th. He's the highest ranking Mexican wrestler ever. Right? Yeah. And the people in front of him were talking you know, like the the big four of like you know, or like you're talking about '90s All Japan. You're talking about Omega Osprey and Okada, mm-hmm. Shingo Tanahashi, Kota Bushi, Minami Toyota, Rick Flair, both Young Bucks, Tetsuya Naito, Tomohiro Ishii. uh did I say Shingo already. Yeah, you said Shingo. Um, uh, and you you know after that we got Ray Phoenix. Yeah, and then like Jumbo Tsuruta, then Kyoku Inoue, then yeah. Jun Akiyama, then Fuji, then his brother Pentagon Junior, then Brian Danielson, and you know, just, so it's like, bro, like this is this guy's one of the greatest wrestlers to ever live. Like, so
1: I mean, let, I you know I think get, that you know I think let's that. get
0: him like you yeah. know let's let's let let's let this guy show it, you know. So. Or let him
1: show it in title matches, because it's like, y'all let him right. go out there and cook for 12 minutes at a time all the goddamn time, and you're blown over with the shit he does all the time. Like, yeah, man, like, I want to see him in title matches with, like, let him get 15 minutes in single matches. Like, the only time I think he ever got, like, you know, a real long time was a match against Nick Jackson, and he damn near got five stars in.
0: Right. Right. And it's like, you don't end up on, you know, starring, subject to blah right, blah, right, we know right. yeah, whatever, yeah. but, but, but move, when move the list looks part, this good,
1: he's has, he's had some all time, great matches. Forget about the stars. whatever. He's had some of the best matches of a particular year in this company. Uh, and like, honestly, you look at the work rate thing, like the Lucha bros, the elite, John Moxley, Danielson, anybody else uh, got resumes like them? In AW, as far as in ring, at the top, Hangman or oh, Hangman's Elite, they, so that, Heyman, yeah, Hangman's yeah. yeah. Elite. So that, that it's Elite anyway.
0: Maybe I'll talk about MJF at this point, but I don't, mm, I don't know. I, nah. I would have to dig into it.
1: No, nah. um, Darby, I prob- MJF is probably like in the top ten. He's, uh, he's not, you know,
0: yeah, because
1: yeah, he doesn't wrestle that much.
0: But yeah, man, it's um. You know, I I I'm happy to see him get this chance, like, even though the circumstances are what they are. So yeah, exactly. Um Singles match with women's know, titles. I,
1: I sent Rich uh, a celebratory video of Ray Phoenix uh winning the title, even while like my, my dog Moxley is, is out there hurt and I thought he may have like, you know, his career was potentially damaged with what happened to his neck. But I was like, Hey man, it's been long overdue, it's about damn time. I'm I am i am look, I hope Moxie's okay, but we still celebrating.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's never coming back.
1: <laughs> um,
0: women's title. Soraya defeats Tony Storm in a match full of shenanigans uh, that were wrestled like this person couldn't actually wrestle a real match. Um, hated it.
1: Didn't hate it. Just didn't think it was very good or good at all. I just thought it was there. I, I, I did pop for some of the stuff they pulled out. Like when she, when Tony storm went underneath the ring and grab shoes, I, I'm into the shoe thing. I'm into, I'm mm-hmm. into the throw the shoe thing. I'm into the goofiness of it. Like, I know that you're not, but it's fine. Like, I don't think it's like something where it's like, Oh, that should be like the main event. Like, a, or that should be like a top act or whatever else. I, I think it's a nice transition character until she finds, what if she's gonna stick her teeth into posts? I don't think this but,
0: is a transition, James. This is the stuff that's getting the biggest reactions, and like people are going crazy. They're bringing signs. They're like get, giving them the engagement on social media with this. It's I don't mind that. It's here.
1: It's here. I, but I don't. But the thing is, I don't necessarily mind that because of like, well, the alternative is what in this promo, in this division in this promotion. You know
0: too bad Jamie Hader got hurt. <laughs> the alternative is Statlander, but
1: Statlander you know. has the matches but she doesn't have the personality. Or her personality yeah. doesn't her, her, her charisma doesn't translate in the way that like you would think it would. Like because like she's adorable, but like I don't think I don't think necessarily like she's tapped into that on screen in the way that like she does. She's did in the Indies right? Mm-hmm. Like the stuff you've seen her do with the freestyle and the shit with Max Castor or whatever else. And Ooh, some of the stuff. With MJF, I hope she, like, don't, I hope she don't tap the, into that. Huh? I hope she don't tap into that. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying that like, she does have an adorable quality to her. And she has not tapped into that because like, she was the, the stoic alien for a while that boot people on the nose. And now she's just kind of like just the wrestler. And you know, I have no problem with the stoic, uh, kick-ass, uh, Big strong woman's wrestler. That's that's kind of what most of my favorite wrestlers in J- Japanese women wrestlers are. But like for here, it's like oh she brings matches. Like I'm okay with that. But most people tell me they don't want it. People just to be just wrestlers. Like do you think I do more than just wrestle on a wrestling promotion in a wrestling show. So like I'm, I mean, could, I'm fine with could. it. I just feel like people looking around and like they like her. That people like uh, normally be like hey we need more. They ain't claiming They, they haven't claimed they need more from her. And I'm just like oh so because you like her you don't she doesn't need to do more. Oh got it.
0: You know they could just go Willow Nightingale. You know
1: I would like look. I'm a fan of Willow Nightingale as well. I'm a fan of Athena as well. They're stuck on ROH. They gotta they gotta continue the the uh, the in the melodrama with the breakup of uh of uh the outcast right now, and whatever. I I much rather see you know. As he mentioned, Statlander, uh Willow, Athena, Tony Storm, because she could wrestle with those women or whatever else. And she could be the she could be the personality that wrestles the the rest uh like someone like a stat or whatever else. But like right now she's stuck doing this. And um yeah, man, Saraya is just an anchor. It is what it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> then we got the main event MJF versus Samoa Joe for the AEW uh World Championship. And James. I spent like 10 minutes of this match actively feeling like I didn't want to pay attention to the screen.
1: <laughs> well, he's wrestling in the t-shirt again in the main event of Arthur Ashe. So, I mean, I, I don't necessarily blame you. Uh, what I will say is I'm pretty sure I like this match more than you. Uh, mm-hmm. however, a lot of the problems you're going to have with, or some of the same problems I have with, as far as the grand picture of it, like if, if, if MJF is gonna be our scumbag and we're gonna cheer from him, cheer for him, and the heat was that he would always have these dirty finishes where like no one ever really, you never saw who the better man was, and then overwhelmingly as he's a good, the good guy now, he gets his ass kicked by the bigger, stronger, overwhelmingly powerful Samoa Joe, and he has to take every shortcut under the sun uh, to to finally win. It's like, well. That was a, that was the storyline when he faced Mox, and then ultimately it proved that he actually wasn't worthy of being the champion. Still, because Regal had to help him out with the fucking ring, and he, what's he doing? He's a good guy, and he's going back to the fucking ring. Can I see him actually beat somebody when he's at, when, when he's actually trying hard? Except for Adam Cole, because Adam Cole can't beat anybody. worth a damn in his promotion, like I'm. I'm the story. I get it. It's WWE backwards reverse psychology of he's the bad guy. We like, but he, or he, sorry, he's evil, but he, but we like that he's evil. So he gets to cheat and do all this and cut all these corners. Meanwhile, the other guy that's getting cheated is the heel. And all he's doing is retaliating uh to what the, what the, the good guy is doing It's reverse psychology is basically like the bloodline uh, in war games or whatever else and uh they're the good guys while they're the evil ones it's the same shit it's 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 the backward stuff but i don't know if people actually called it out because it's a w and like we don't actually call a spade a spade a lot of times with a w it's well, not on this show but in other places so like it's all kumbaya or whatever else but it's it's fundamentally fucked to me and i don't enjoy watching this fundamentally fucked stuff even though right. I did, even though like, I understand, like, I have WWE brain, so I understand the psychology of it, and I'm fine with what they did. I just know that, like, I don't want to watch this. For But the crowd reacted to it, so it worked. Yay.
0: Right. I am um, just flummoxed that th- th- it continues to get the reactions that it does. It um, got
1: good drama <laughs> with the near falls. I will say that. they absolute, like, near fall. That's why I say, like, I don't hate the match, because, like, the near falls of them oh my god he got he got caught cheating the good guy got caught cheating and he's about to get and he finally got hit with his own ring and he actually deserves it because he's an asshole has been cheating all game. oh my god he's gonna pay, and people fell for it i never for a second thought joe had a chance i, he, I he never thought lost either to a motherfucker they fired uh they, they knew they going to the fire when he walked him out the ring so like no of course he's not gonna fucking be the champion so yeah
0: um this thing with the the choke out at the end and then Samoa Joe shakes this man's hand after getting royally fucked
1: over and over and over from the in the first act, second act, and third act. I was like,
0: "This is damn near as bad as Sting getting hit in the face with a sledgehammer by Triple H and then shaking his hand." It's technically worse because Joe's for for the title.
1: It's It's for the title. title. It's for the title. title. He got screwed over by two guys. He never uh, brought a second guy. It, it's, it's actually worse because like that match with uh you know the sledgehammer the, the sting whatever that was actually a no dq match like we just thought it was this honorable for triple h to do that because it's like the showcase of the immortals mjf is like you know it, it's it's a wednesday so you know what that means I, i'm finna give you some I'm, I'm not that i'm not finna show you who the better man was i'm just finna to move on to the next thing and do a house show match yeah. Or give half, half show effort for half the match. Like it's really weird with him because like you can't say he's not trying. He's taking these crazy ass bumps in some of these matches too. But it's mm-hmm. like, and and then you know it stretches guilt come out here and he's trying to give you like the you know the good closing finish stuff whatever else. And like I mentioned, like it's a really creative and really really suspenseful and drama filled like near falls whatever else. But like it's just, I I do not enjoy some of these open, like the first and third acts of, uh, of this stuff and um. You know, I'm I'm really like left. I'm really off the left wanting more uh, out of MJF. Um, at
0: at this point, for me, I'm literally just putting it in a box now. I'm like, all right, man. It I'm works. Just it's going, not for me. Like, I'm just gonna send it over there because yeah. I know what I'm interested in yeah. in this company. It ain't that. Yeah. And it ain't that. Like, yeah. I I want to see the you know the, the Omega versus Callus stuff. I want to see um Eddie Kingston, I want to see Chris right. Jericho, Ray Phoenix, yeah. BCC, yeah. like all these swerve, hangman, like right. all that stuff, like literally just about everything else uh is is on point for me right now. Danielson and Starks like mm-hmm. uh, I heard Collision was was great this week, the best one yet. Mm-hmm. Um so it's like I feel like they're firing on all cylinders and personally with the MJF thing, I'm like I'll just whatever i don't have to go crazy on it every week but if they do it at like the main event of some like big show i'll let them have it right. this was you know more of the same kind of but like i would say uh, this was wanna, better than yeah. the. this is better than the all-in match i i think but
1: uh, i think people i think more people that aren't of the thinking that that match was rotten mm-hmm. think that that like that match is very polarizing. I think this match is less polarizing. I'll put it like that. Mm-hmm. Even though I think like the action in uh, the first match was at the high end was better. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, but there was less stopping and starting in like, am I a good guy? Am I not a good guy? Do I need to tell the story out loud? Like it was, it was a, it was less of the of the tropey stuff in um, in this match. There was still tropey stuff, but it was it wasn't that like the it was far less at the expense. So at the expense of the real drama and the real action. So yeah. Um I like this match more. I think more people like the other match a lot more. Uh and mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily, and I get it. Um because they're into the story. Um and I'm into the story too. It's just I, did, I just hate it all how all the stopping and starting and and like grown ass men can't and like grown ass men in a in a fake sport can't like decide that they can fight each other as hard as they can until Without one of them dies, no. right like you know like you know I, I'm sorry like look man I watch motherfuckers go to war for, for or not go to war because I can't say that like I see each other out here trying to you know bash each other's brains in for, for three hours every every weekend on Saturdays and Sundays and after that they fucking do the jersey swaps right like you know I, I don't know why I I understand that's, that's supposed to be the drama but like can it be to where it's like It could be for like five seconds where it's a bit of hesitancy as opposed to like, it takes 30 seconds to realize what the fuck you want to do while you're in the middle of doing it, you know, um, whatever. But yeah, like, you know, I, I, it's not for me, but it's wildly successful for them. And I can't not, the same thing with like, you know, the fiend stuff with with Bray Wyatt was like, look, man, it's not for me, but like people are eating it the fuck up. And so it's working. And, um, you know, Variety, Spice of Life. I just wish that, like, this was lower on the card or whatever else. I just don't like it that it's the main event stuff, but whatever.
0: Yeah. I, I think there's just a lot more from my sensibilities that's, that's elsewhere. Yeah. And, um, you know, Wrestle Dream is coming up this Sunday. Uh, we're yeah. kind of running low on time. So yeah. we're going to, we're going to. Not do a preview for that, but definitely don't miss next week. We'll do the review and all that. Uh, I'm gonna have to find a way to watch that because I'm gonna be traveling like Sunday back from, you know, out of town again. So, um, we'll we'll figure that that whole situation out. But, yeah. um, yeah, I, I think that's it, James.
1: Yeah. Uh. So, I might hop on and do a solo show. Um, midweek or whatever else, because like I haven't talked about I haven't talked about the Grand Prix at all. Um, in like yeah. the last month of it or six weeks of it, so catch up on that. Give the give the go home scenarios for all of it, because like the final shows were um, Sunday. The final show was Sunday before the 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 final. Um, this is going to be on Saturday, so I'll do that on Thursday or whatever else. Put it up. Give you the, the scenarios. I'll do a mini preview for uh, Russell Kingdom. Not wrestling, Wrestle Dream. You gotta be careful with that. Uh, and then, um, and then you know, it's probably like an hour long show or something like that. Maybe, maybe hour and fifteen. Who knows? But uh, do that. I'll put it on the feed and everything. And then, like, we'll just review both on Monday and just have a little show of tons of great wrestling because, like, that Wrestle Dream show is fucking stacked. And you know how these Grand Prix shows go. Like, this could be the best weekend of pro wrestling between two pay per views uh, we get all year. Love it so yeah uh thanks for watching y'all uh be sure to raise whatever app you use using. listen to this if uh if you're watching from the stream uh you can go to <laughs> you can go to uh the podcast and go to the link to red circle because I, I was looking at the thing. It's like oh our our, our paypal or uh our cash app ain't up there but like if you know if you know those or whatever else like you can go there but like you can't like go to a restaurant and go hit their donation link there for um, let's tell the shows on the network besides 1-H radio you have keeping the strong style and all things elite thanks for listening y'all later
0: thanks for 11 years James and rest in peace my cat